0: Hey everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years of Wonder Years podcast. Well, it's been a bit since I've done a movie review, I know since, you know, December, but I thought it's January, it's a new year, it's cold out. What better movie to cover than the first of a trilogy, the Mighty Ducks movies. Yes, I will be covering the Mighty Ducks this month. Next month, D2, the Mighty Ducks, and then, of course, in March, covering D3, the Mighty Ducks. I'm doing all three of them to help us get through the coldness of winter. Now, the Mighty Ducks came out in 1992. It was released on October 2nd, 1992. All right. Here's IMDb's description of it. A self-centered Minnesota lawyer is sentenced to community service coaching a ragtag youth hockey team. This movie, of course, stars Emilio Estevez. We have Lane Smith playing Coach Riley. Emilio Estevez plays Gordon Bombay. Lane Smith, Coach Riley, is the coach of the opposing team. Of the Mighty Ducks, who in the beginning actually are in, called the District Five, are just called District Five. Uh, coach Riley actually is Gordon Bombay's childhood hockey coach. Yes. When Gordon was 12, he played for Coach Riley when he coached the Hawks. So, of course... Tragically, Gordon's father was killed when he was about 12, and just having a lose, he he cost he basically lost the game for the Hawks, and he just gave up hockey at the age of 12. He's, you know, I mean, I wouldn't want to do it either, especially with a coach like Riley. We also have some young up and comers that were. New to the scene a little bit in 1992, Joshua Jackson, who would later on be known as Pacey Witter in Dawson's Creek in the late 90s and early 2000s. And honestly, aside from um, Emilio Estevez, really the other big name here is going to be Joshua Jackson. You do have Eldon Henson, who plays Fulton Reed. He was in uh, a few things in the late 90s, uh, She's All That with Freddie Prince Jr. and Rebecca uh, Lee Cook. Then you also had in the early uh, 2000s, you had The Butterfly Effect and some other things. Sean Weiss, if that's his name, was in the movie Heavyweight, which was also in the early 90s. Garrett Ratcliffe-Henson, who actually is a brother or half-brother of Eldon, was in the movie Casper. (laughs) And um, that's pretty much it for him. Also, Aaron Schwartz, who plays Carp, was also in Heavyweights. We have J.D. Daniels, who plays uh, Peter. He's the kid with the backwards hat. And the leather jacket. Uh, Most notably, if you guys are a fan of Full House, you will know that he played Charles in the Silence is Not Golden episode from Season 6. I haven't covered that on the Oh My Land of Holy Chalupas podcast, but I do plan to cover that during the serious episode segment. Of course, my favorite, you'd think it'd be Charlie. It's not Charlie. (laughs) It is... Adam Banks, who's played by Vincent LaRusso, who really, other than the other two Mighty Ducks movies, he really hasn't done a whole lot else. We have Danny Timberelli, who plays uh, Tim, who went on to be in Pete and Pete. We have John Beasley, if you guys remember. uh, I'm currently hosting the I Left My Heart in Everwood podcast. He plays Jesse and... um, And Terry's father, he plays Irv Harper on Everwood. Um, If you guys remember Brock Pierce from First Kid in 1996-97, he plays Gordon at 10 years old. Okay, so he's 10 years old. Gotcha. All right. And of course, if I haven't mentioned, Joshua Jackson does play Charlie Conway. All these kids, honestly, are kind of underdogs in the beginning. We have a character here who plays a principal in The Mighty Ducks. However, she uh, supposedly does appear as a teacher at Eldon Academy in the uh, D3 sequel, which I'm like, I thought that... Now, the only movie out of these three that I ever saw in the theater, you'd think it'd be the first one. No, it was actually the second movie I saw in the theater. The first movie... I saw because my aunt had gotten it for her kids, so that's how I had first seen it. Although I'd probably seen all the trailers, previews on the television. This was just one of many sports kids movies of the 90s. I mean, you had The Sandlot, you had The Big Green, you had Rookie of the Year. So, uh, Angels in the Outfield, Little Giants, um, Cool Runnings really isn't a children's movie, but, um... Little Big League, there's another one. This was just just the start of these. And they're all basically underdog sports kids' stories where you're always rooting for them. So, Alright, this movie was directed by Stephen Herrick, writer Stephen Brill. It currently holds a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Out of 54,750, There actually is a Mighty Ducks podcast out there on iTunes. I've listened to it. It's called Quack Attack. They actually go through a lot of, like, not just the movies, but other details, you know, the movie score, and um, they interview people that worked, not just the actors and stuff, but people who worked behind the scenes, you know, the, the ones that were coaching the kids on how to skate and you know, getting all the details correct and all of that. Um, You know, there has been talk about, with all these reboots going on, um, The Sandlot was one that's kind of been kicking around, that there's going to be a television reboot. Uh, The same thing, supposedly, with Mighty Ducks. I haven't heard anything. But if you guys are looking for a Mighty Ducks podcast, get all your Mighty Ducks and possibly Mighty Ducks TV show. Not that cartoon, but a possible upcoming TV show and you want to find out your info you want to get the info you go listen to Quack Attack on on iTunes or Apple Podcasts because it's still currently going it's it's really good the people that, the guys that run it do a very good job looks like all these boys were nominated for the outstanding uh, outstanding young ensemble cast in a motion picture Um, let's see, Marguerite Moreau, who plays Connie, she and, um, Garrett Henson have, um, who plays Guy, they have a little, uh, on again, off again romance that kind of starts in this movie goes through the second movie and kind of into the third one. So it carries on for a bit. All right, so there is enough trivia here to do a whole other podcast episode just based on this trivia alone. I really want to try to get the best that I can get. Charlie Sheen was offered the role of Gordon Bombay, but turned it down and later on his brother, Emilio Estevez, took the role. I honestly, I remember Emilio Estevez from... The Breakfast Club most notably would have been my reference for him. Well, I didn't actually see The Breakfast Club before I saw The Mighty Ducks, but this pro- that probably would have been the most notable thing in my mind that he had done. Jake Gyllenhaal, who was unknown at the time, auditioned for the role of Charlie Conway, but his parents wouldn't let him do the movie, so the producers ended up casting Joshua Jackson. Can you imagine how different this movie might have been if Jake Gyllenhaal... God, I cannot talk. It's like... Going on 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> anyway, um, can you imagine if it had been Jake Gyllenhaal as Charlie Conway instead of Joshua Jackson? I don't think that would have made a difference if, um, with him getting the role of uh, Pacey in Dawson's Creek. But it's, just, it's interesting. Because we see these actors embody these characters and the idea of anyone else trying to slip into the role and take it over just doesn't seem to really gel. Some of the young actors who claimed, (laughs) of course they did, when they auditioned that they could play hockey, were in fact lying and had to be trained before filming began. Sometimes I honestly got to wonder about this trivia that's in place, just the wording and stuff just sounds like, who's putting in this stuff? Because apparently everybody can do this. Uh, Adam Banks is often referred to as cake eater. This term is actually well known throughout Minnesota and refers to people who live in the city of Edina, a suburb of Minneapolis. A cake eater is saying is a person who is so rich they can have their cake and eat it too. Eh, okay. Good. Oh, I think cake eater. I don't know why Marie Antoinette came to, to mind. Okay, here's an interesting thing. Eldon Red. Rat- Ratcliffe, who played Fulton, and Garrett Ratliff henson who played Guy, are brothers. Eldon had to dye his hair and change his name so he would be cast as Fulton. Really? Okay, I gotta kind of wonder about this one here. Leonardo DiCaprio auditioned for the part of Charlie Conway, but lost out to Joshua Jackson. In similar fashion, Juliette Lewis tried out for the part of Connie, but lost out to... Marguerite Munro. Vincent LaRusso wasn't given the role of Adam Banks initially, but later it was given him when the child who originally played Banks became too difficult to work with. Bill Murray was considered to play Gordon Bombay, but deemed too old. Okay, speaking of too old, this came out in 92, right? I'm not sure when the thing was filmed, but let's just look at this for a hot second. Leonardo DiCaprio was just coughing, like I said, it's going on 10, I don't know why I can't talk, I gotta take a sip, Mm. there we go, he was just coming off of Growing Pains in 91, let's see what he was doing in 1991-92, cause I know what he was doing, let's see, he was Growing Pains 91-92. This Boy's Life, 93. They have on his IMDb, Craft, Craft Free Singles, Craft Model. You put a commercial in his IMDb. Who did that? That wasn't him doing that. Uh, what's Eating Gilbert Grape, 93. So it's like, already by that time, Leo was almost 20 years old. Let's look at Joshua Jackson and see how old he was. Oh, hold on a second. So Leo was born in 74. Joshua Jackson was born in 78. So Joshua Jackson probably was, what, maybe 13 when the the movie, he filmed it. Uh, Leo would have been 17, 18. He already is just like, eh, I don't know. I mean, he was already playing, Leo was playing tough like um growing pains a homeless youth and then he went on to this boy's life where he was getting even grittier and later on he'd he'd play a mentally challenged person and then a drug addict and basketball diaries and all that stuff so i can't i, was, I couldn't have seen him doing that all right this is going to be the last piece of trivia and i'm going to get to the movie because i want to get to the movie um, wow, this could have taken a darker turn, guys. The original premise of Mighty Ducks was much darker with very little comedy about an ex-NHL player turned alcoholic. Well, I mean, Gordon does drink in the beginning of the movie, but I don't think he's an alcoholic. Anyway, who seeks revenge on his old coach by coaching opposite him. The main idea stayed with Disney when Disney bought the rights to the movie. But some elements were changed some such as Bombay is now a lawyer who never played in the NHL who must do community service for a DUI, including much more emphasis on comedy and downplaying most of the adult themes. Well, that makes sense. All right, at the start of the movie, we have a black screen. We have some ice blue font that says Mighty Ducks. We have an announcer. I got these subtitles on, so it says the announcer says... The Minnesota Pee Wee Championship is up for grabs. So, of course, we're going to start out with a flashback so we can kind of get the character of Gordon Bombay. That way, we're not going to wonder, like, why is this guy such a jerk? Why does he hate hockey so much? Well, this little uh, flashback is going to explain all of that. So, of course... In this flashback, we do meet Jack Riley, the coach of the Pee Wee Hawks team, and right away you can tell this guy's version of a pep talk is like, hey, it's up to you. And he says, I don't want to see any goats around after the game. What goats? Like, it's probably a figure of speech. I don't know. Basically, he doesn't want him to lose and he basically guilt him, like, gee, I wish your dad were here right now to see you. So, obviously, his dad has already passed on. So, let's add guilt to this as well. Like, gee, you know, I really wish your dad could you know, be here to see you and everything like that. It's Like, oh, boy. So, his version of a pep talk is to just make you feel like it's going to be the end of the world if you lose for this team. If th- you lose, it's over for all of us. So he basically lets Gordon know, you missed this shot, you're not just letting me down, you're letting down your whole team. And let me tell you guys, if this were high school, and that kid missed a shot, his team, and this were like the championship, what's to say his teammates are going to take him out back and just beat the shit out of him? We can see definitely Jack Riley does not, he should not be around kids. He shouldn't be coaching them, shouldn't be around them, he's verbally abusive. I would be suing him if this were my kid and you were talking to him that way. Like, as far as I'm concerned, you don't need to be having this one-on-one conversation with him. He knows what he's supposed to do. So, of course, with the weight of the world on this boy's shoulders, he starts off for this penalty shot, and, of course, what happens is, yeah, it hit, like, the the rim of the, go- the goal post or something, and me- the goalie's got this weird, like, It doesn't I mean, I get it, like this was probably back in like the late seventies or early eighties. The mask the goalie is wearing looks like something that a person in a hospital would wear if their face was completely covered except for their mouth. It's frightening. And the thing is, they draw this scene out like no tomorrow. They got to get every single kid in there that's on the District 5 slash Mighty Ducks team. They got to get every single actor credited. And that's what's drawing it out because it keeps fading into this flashback, fading back out, putting kids' names up on the screen, pulling back into the flashback, pulling back out. It's like, can we move on from this? We get it. He blew the shot. It sucks. He feels horrible because he's just, once he misses that shot, boom, he goes down, he hits that ice, he is just, oh my god, that poor boy. And that was the moment that Gordon Bombay walked away from hockey. I bet that kid was really sullen so and angry for a very thing. He's only 10 years old. He's not even actually a teenager yet. And he's lost his dad. This kid's got some angsty years ahead of him. Luckily, he's got Hans, the skate-sharpening old man, to, like, be a mentor to him, which we'll meet, we'll meet Hans later on. Hans is like Gordon's Mr. Feeny. So, now we cut to, what, maybe 15 years later, and he's a lawyer... And he's defending some slime ball. He's defending the bad guys against this poor lady who's on the stand. I don't know what this is about, but he's supposed to be, like, some hot shot lawyer now. Like, he was, like, such a hot shot hockey player before, he you know fouled up at the end there and then walked away from that. And you just, you cut to these senior citizens, this whole, um, these benches of these, basically the audience of this courtroom is made up of like a whole like four or five rows of people that are at least over the age of 60. Okay, I'm going to just move on from the scene. I didn't care about this lawyer crap as a kid. I don't care about it as a 30 something year old adult. I want to get to the hockey! Basically, to sum it up, he's a defense lawyer who defends goons and criminals against the poor innocent people. So he defends the bad guys, basically is what I'm saying. not only does this guy score in the courtroom with his cases, he scores with whoever he can get, apparently. Of course, this is the first reference we get to hockey that Gordon hates it because somebody dropped off some tickets to the North Stars game. He's like, ew, hockey? <clears throat> Forget that. How many times he'll say, I'm a lawyer, not a hockey player. Gordon's going to go out and celebrate. It's snowy outside. It's icky. He's drinking and driving, Was of course, even back in 1992 and as of today in 2020, is still against the law. He's speeding. A cop just happens to spot him, pulls him over. Gordon's Which is kind of funny now because now he's got to go back to court, not as a lawyer, but having someone defend him against his DUI charges. Long story short, Ducksworth, who is his boss and a judge who Gordon works for, says, look, you're overworked. I get it, I love that you win cases for me, that's amazing, but you need to step back and re-examine your life, because you are headed down a very, very, very dark path, because you just got a DUI. I can't have one of my lawyers getting a DUI, that doesn't make my company look good. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have you do a little community service in the form of coaching a... Kiwi hockey team and we all know Gordon hates hockey because he's like I'm a lawyer not a hockey player I hate hockey I hate kids Ugh. and guys if it sounds like I'm rushing through the movie I'm not I just I want to get past the stuff I want to get to the hockey rank. I want to get to district five slash mighty ducks I want to get to the kids I want to get to the good stuff I didn't care about this poop when I was t- like 10 years old I don't care about it now and I don't think you guys do either If you guys want to watch stuff about lawyers, you'll go watch The Good Wife or Law & Order or whatever they got on nowadays that's all about lawyers. Right now, it's all about, like, doctor shows still. Like, The Good Doctor and uh, Grey's Anatomy, which I never watched. Oh, Gordon also, since he can't drive, has a driver named Lewis, who apparently has some hearing loss in one ear. All right, now we're meeting some of the kids. We got Carp, who is climbing out of a garbage bin getting something so A Averman calls him Dumpster Dave. They all call each other by their last name most of the time. Banks, Conway, Averman, Carp. Uh I don't know what Peter's last name is, but we meet Averman, Carp, Peter and Charlie Conway. Carp pulls out a purse from It's got a broken strap on it. And uh, yeah. We're going to learn what this is all about. So Charlie comes in with a paper bag and inside is a can of chili and we see a dog named Petey. Not Little Rascal's Petey, but this adorable white dog with a brown spot over its eye and its ears and it's got a brown spot on its hind leg and its back and it's got one of those fluffy tails that curls upward, kind of like a a Husky Heinz 57 something or other, but it's adorable. So, of course, they know you give the dog chili, it's going to take the raunchiest, nastiest shit in the world. And that's kind of what they're, they want to play a prank. But then again, if you think about it, they're kind of being do-gooders in a way. They got a purse, right? They got the big dump, the, 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 the dog shit that he took. They put it in the purse. What do they do? They get like a buck. They put it just outside of, you the know, they close the purse on it. Lay it on the road. They want to see if someone takes the bait. And, of course, somebody does take the bait. And these guys are like, well, this guy deserves what he gets. Because the guy's driving like a red Porsche. Just randomly sees a purse on the ground, stops his car, grabs it, drives off with it, because he does look around before he gets in his car. And then the guy drives a few feet, stops... Of course, he realizes there's dog shit in this purse. Throws it out. The kids, of course, aren't stealthy at all, because they're just bent over laughing their asses off. (sighs) And, of course, the guy spots them. And what does the guy do? He takes off running after them. Ugh. These kids with this plan—it's so orchestrated, like, they're wa- they're walking w- behind the dog, waiting for the dog to take a shit. Like, oh, he squats, he scores, yeah, took a big shit right in front of this restaurant. I gotta ask, whose dog is that? Or is it just a street dog that they're like, hey, Petey? <laughs> do those, there's no other traffic when this guy stops and throws the purse out. But the kids are bent over laughing, and the guy, like, looks out his window and turns to look at them and Peter's like oh god guys he saw us no shit because all four of you standing there right in the middle of the damn road and when he says oh no guys he saw us they play this ominous like they've just been discovered moment like oh my gosh where the movie's being sped up and the kids are like running and it's got this like home alone music underneath it The guy does drive his car a little ways as the kids are running and jumping this fence, and the guy stops and gets out to go climb this fence to chase them. This guy's either got no job, he's driving a fancy-ass car, or he's got nothing to do. What's up with this? Why are you chasing kids over a damn dollar and a purse full of dog shit? Get your life together, dude! He's following them through a construction site that's been fenced off. Of course, it's the 90s, so we gotta get a. He gets it in the crotch when he ends up landing on. um, He lands on a pipe crotch first. Of course, it's the 90s. Always with the crotch shots. Constantly, oh, the person got kicked in the nuts. Oh, the person, like, fell in their groin. <laughs> Alright, so we're getting away from the kids. We're going back to Gordon in his limo, because, of course, he can't just be driven around in a regular car it's got to be a limo and of course he can't be dressed casual you know to meet these kids he's got to be wearing like a edward cullen pea jacket or pea coat and a suit and a tie like you know you're meeting with like 11 or 12 year olds right they don't i don't even think these kids know who the who they're gonna meet or even that they're meeting somebody unless they've been told because well they're not what happened to their other coach and, oh, of course, Gordon on the way here is like, oh, how could Dr. do this to me? I hate kids. They're barely human. Well, you were a kid. Would you count yourself in that category? Okay, so basically we go to the rink where the kids are freestyling, just random hockey moves. Just hanging out, playing hockey, n- no equipment because they don't have any. Kevin Arnold's mom on the Wonder Years would be having a Spitz fit because she made such a point like, Oh my god, you're playing football in the park? Shouldn't that be supervised? Don't you have a equipment? Nah. Okay, Goldberg, we see, has something on his face like um, a helmet of sorts with a protective ear, so he doesn't get a puff to the face. Everyone else just wearing like stocking caps and jackets and stuff. So... We get, this is such a trope of the 90s with all these sports movies. You always got to have a, I don't mean a fat shame, but you always got to have the fat kid and they're always complaining like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm the goalie. Mm. Jesse here, you know, he's trying to do his job. Like, look, Goldberg, you're a goalie. Can you at least try to stop a puck? Of course, Joshua Jackson as Charlie Conway is like, look, Goldberg, I don't understand why you can't get this through your head. All right, you are a goalie. The puck is supposed to hit you. If you spent more time like trying to stop the puck than you do like running away from it, that might help. And one of the reasons I think that I wasn't really big on. you know, Charlie, at least in the first movie, is because his hair is just, he does look semi-feminine here. Just his hair is kind of long. It's over his ears and and everything. And it's just, it's very, very feminine-like. I mean, at least in D2, his hair does, he gets a haircut. In D3, his hair does take on a, a natural uh, curly effect. Okay, Goldberg, I'm already tired of you. You're complaining. All right, so Lewis drives up to what is basically just an iced over pond. And Gordon's like, hey, why don't you drive out on the ice? Lewis turns to look at him like, are you fucking kidding me? Do I look like I have a death wish? I know I'm getting paid to drive you places, but I am not doing that. Of course, Gordon's like, don't worry, don't worry. I played on the ice all the time. Really? Have you ever driven a car on an icy pond? Really? I mean, I know it's Minnesota. It's probably got to be colder than shit out there, but come on. All right, so, of course, everyone in the group has dubbed Jesse the ringleader when it comes to dealing with newcomers, namely this unmarked limousine that is just pulled out onto the ice with them. I love how Jesse's like, hey, look, chill, all right? I'll take care of it. They're drugs. I they just know it. Like... Oh, come on! It's a limousine and you think drugs? This I get it. It's 92. It's 92, everybody. So, Gordon steps out of the limousine and he's wearing his Edward Cullen Pico jacket with the tie and the dress shirt. And Jesse just kind of looks him up, up and down like, yo, dude, you're obviously in the wrong hood. Like, this would be so racist today. London? Is that you? Jesse's all like, "This is my dominion. This is a drug-free zone. You understand?" And the kids are all like, "Go, Jesse, go! Yeah!" We ain't buying nothing. <laughs> oh, I love Jesse. I love his attitude. I just love that he he don't take shit from nobody. He's like, "I'm feeling generous today, so I'm gonna get let you get your sorry vanilla booty out of here before I use your eyeballs for hockey pucks." <laughs> kids all laugh their asses off. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, it sounds great coming out of Gordon's mouth Thanks bro, but I'm not going home till I take care of business And he goes to pull something out of his coat jacket And the kids are all starting to back up Like oh gosh, he's got a gun uh, Okay, kids what In what world do you think Some man dressed in a pea coat getting out of a limousine Is going to shoot you all With a, with a gun I, I, I want to know, I, I really do Not to mention, they could take him. I mean, there's, like, what, ten of them, and they all got hockey sticks? They could beat him down. I could see it. But, no, he actually pulls out a roster list of their names and starts listing their names. As he's like, I'm your new hockey coach. And they all like, (laughs) yeah, right, that's a good one. And he's like, afraid so, dudes, as he starts reading, like, Averman and... Conway and blah 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 and whatnot. Oh, he, he calls them the District 5 Pee Wee hockey team. Interseuses himself, of course, as Gordon Bombay. I'm the new coach. <laughs> yeah, what a joke. Basically, he's like, alright, here's the long and the short of it. I hate hockey. I don't like kids. I don't want to be doing this shit. So don't give me any trouble, alright? No, I added the last part. Oh, his. His, uh. Limo's got a moon roof or a sun or whatever the hell you want to call those things. So Peter is all like, what is this supposed to be like a pep talk? And of course, Gordon's like, I'm sure that uh, this will be a real bonding experience as he rolls his eyes. Maybe one day, one of you may even write a book about it in jail. And they're like, oh, give me a break. So he hates them. They hate him. This really is not a good way to, uh, start things off they definitely got off on the wrong skate ice skate whatever you want hockey i don't know hockey stick hockey puck all right so it's a you, you 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 and you you and you against you the rest of whatever else is left so i want to see what you can do and of course like you know we do have names and gordon's like yeah I bet they're nice names too. I don't give a shit. Just go do what I told you to do. I will, in the meantime, be in my office. Bye. Of course, Averman's like, we really suck. And of course, Gordon's like, yeah, I'll decide who sucks around here. And of course, the kids go for a scrimmage. They all fall down. They got no real strategy of any kind. And Gordon's like, oh, you guys are really fucking suck. Oh, God, that's gonna take a miracle. Uh, I just see a couple girls or whoever randomly on a just a bench. What? In the on the ice pond? There's a bench there or maybe maybe by that tree. And they're just hanging out watching these kids play. Actually, now that I think about it, they look like they're not kids. Those are like Either teenagers or just some random parents that showed up. I see a couple people walking on what might be a sidewalk. This is a park. I don't know. Yeah, these kids are fucking horrible. They all fall on the ground. Like, you guys are district 5 You've been in actual games. Like, in actual ice rinks, right? I'm sure they suck there, too. That's why they never win any games. Okay, Averma, why don't you stop flapping your yap with the commentary and get out there and actually do some stuff. Connie, of course, wants to give Gordon the long and the short of the history of the District 5. So apparently their record is their and 0-9, and one time it came pretty close because they only lost by 5, and they almost scored a goal. <sighs> Great. As Gordon just rolls his eyes, like, yay yay So the kids all kind of come up, like, all right, coach, what do you want us to do now? So Gordon's like, well, what did your old coach have you do? And Charlie's like, well, he just pretty much yelled a lot. And uh, Peter's like, yeah, that's how he hurt his arm. Or no, T- uh, Terry says that's how he hurt his arm. And Gordon's like, his arm. And Peter, of course, does the imitation. Like, you little bastard, you don't skate and you don't blah blah blah. And he's bleh, bleh. and then he keels over and he has a heart attack and dies. So I don't know how long these kids have been without a coach. <laughs> Of course, before he goes back into his quote-unquote office slash limo, he's like, oh, if you need anything, fax me. Because <laughs> it's 1992 and people fax stuff to each other. No email, it did not exist. The internet was just a, not even a blip on the radar just yet. But, uh, yeah. He thinks he's being cute. <laughs> fax me. I'm going to go in my office slash limo and hang out. And of course, Averman's all like, look, Connie, where do they find these coaches anyway? I mean, we're impressionable kids, right? Don't they need, like, qualifications? Can we check his qualifications? And Connie's just like, Averman, get the fuck away from me, you weirdo. My gosh, the setup in Gordon's limo slash office. He's got his white coffee pot. He's got his, he's got a coffee cup on a saucer. And he's wearing his black glove because it's cold outside. So he's on his car phone, and apparently his secretary has been told not to give him med- messages. So basically, when Gordon, when Ducksworth said, you're not going to do any lawyer stuff, you're not going to do any lawyer stuff. Zero zip, zilch. You're going to focus on coaching District 5. And apparently it didn't take too long for those kids to get tired of horsing around or scrimmaging or whatever the hell they're supposed to do. Because they jump on that limo. Like, all ten of them. Eight, ten, how many kids are there? But they jump on this limo. They're putting their mouths on the windows. One of them gets up on the freaking sunroof slash moonroof. It's like, ay yi yay. And then they invade. They're like, hey, let's go hang out in your limo. Oh, you're talking on the phone in your car? Because, you know, that was a big thing back in the early 90s. Like, oh my god, you have a car phone? Who can I call? Of course, another fat kid trope, Goldberg apparently farted, and it's airtight in there, and the kids are about ready to pass out from the stench, like, over the window! And, of course, the kids are like, we want to go for a ride. We want a ride. We want a ride. Come on, come on, come on. Take us for a ride on the ice. So Gordon is like, whatever, Lewis up there, can you please just take these damn brats for a ride? Just go on. Of course, Peter's up front with Lewis, and he's like, oh, you got a bag of gummy bears? Can I have one? And Lewis just grabs the kid by the neck or by the jacket and just like, no. So, they start moving across the ice little by little because it is very slick. And who should pop up? It's Charlie's mom. And she's like, that's my mom! Oh my god, she looks so pissed! Like, she probably is. As she stands right in front of the limo, practically putting her hand up. Stop! Knows all those kids are in there because she's probably checking on her son. Because someone's got to be watching these kids. She opens the doors like, you, 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 out, out, get out, get out, get out. And then, of course, she faces off against Gordon like, who the fuck do you think you are taking these damn kids out on the ice? Really? That's my kid in there. You could have killed him. He could have drowned. And apparently, Gordon's like, look, lady, I've been on the ice my whole life, all right? I played hockey as a kid. I know when the ice is safe to drive a car on it. And of course she's like, well, how do you know? He's like, I just know. Okay. And she's like, well, you know what? Since it's my kid, I'm just going to tell you that I just know doesn't fucking cut the cheese. Okay. Thank you. My kid, kid, you're coming with me. You kids all need to stay away from that man. I'm going to check into this. I don't even think this is legal what you're doing. Yeah, I exaggerated a lot of that. Kids were actually rocking this limo on its wheels. That is scary. Oh, did I forget to mention that those kids got into that limo with their skates on? They're gonna rip up that upholstery. I like Charlie's mom, Casey. She's fiery, and I don't think it's just her red hair. She's Mama Bear right now on Gordon's ass. Like, how dare you? My kid was in that car. One crack in that ice and you all would have went down. Yeah, and yeah, he tells her, well, I'm their new coach. Like, <laughs> bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on that. I'm going to find out about that. I'm going to have you fired. And he's probably like, well, you know what? It's actually community service, so you can't fire me. Sorry. <laughs> Someone's got to watch these kids. They can't not be without a coach, right? Right. I love how when Casey walks past Lewis, who's got Peter, like, upside down, trying to shake him down, get that candy out of his mouth. Like, give me my candy! All of it! Ah! All right, now we get to see the Hawks. 2.0 in 1992. Apparently, John, uh, Jack Riley did not find anything else to do with his life other than be a pee-wee hockey coach for the last 20 20- 40 freaking years of his life, because he's still here. His Hawks team, they're like little foot soldiers. It's really creepy. Garnet, of course, comes to the rank to coach the District 5. He has no idea that they're up against the Hawks. Like, shit! Ugh, I've gone the last 20-plus years avoiding this whole thing, and, and hockey, and the Hawks, and putting this out of my mind. Dang it! Okay, 1973, so it's been about, 73 to 92, so it's been about 19 years, so he is 29? Okay, he's not quite 30, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, because he's looking at all the banners that stretch from 79, 78, 76, 75, 74. You know, basically Pee-wee champ, 72, and then, of course, Pee-wee second place in yellow. The rest are all the Hawks colors in black and blue. Oh, of course, apparently Gordon's looks have not changed because Jack Riley comes out and he's like, Bombay? Gordon Bombay! And he's all like, buddy-buddy with him! Like, Yeah, let's not pretend that you basically ruined my life and caused me to leave hockey from your verbal abuse for so many years, Mr. Rye, Coach Riley. So as I said, I mean, Gordon has put this whole Hawks past, you know, him, the Hawks team, Coach Riley. He's filed that in the back of his brain where he hopes to never have to see Coach Riley or anything to do with hockey period. Unfortunately due to his DUI and the community service and the fact that this is the law you got to do it he's got no choice and of course it's a peewee hockey team it's in the same you know neighborhood as all you know you got to play all the kids within that region or um, county boundary lines that are going to eventually come up in, um, a bit, and like I said, this is just, it's like, oh gosh, the, it's gotta be the Hawks, of course it's gotta be them, and he's just standing there just like, oh god, and of course, like I said, who shows up but Jack Riley, his old coach, and the guy, of course, he's really, we're gonna see this guy is no different than who he was, like, 20 plus years ago. He's still a hard ass. He's still an asshole. But he's like, oh, hey, Gordon, how you doing? You're Gordon, Gordon Bombay, right? I thought I recognized you because, you know, I mean, of course, Gordon's looks wouldn't have changed in 20 years because he went from being a 10-year-old kid to an almost 30-year-old adult. (laughs) But apparently coach Riley that's just how his his coach i mean he do, i'm sure he does this with the kids that he coaches now and i was just thinking about that earlier like i'm sure the parents you know these the parents of the these hawks kids are all privileged white kids they're rich kids and the parents are like whatever just do what you got to do to make them win cuz the hawks are the best team ever in peewee hockey so Better browbeat the kids, threaten them, whatever. Just make sure they go to state. And Gordon turns like Coach Riley, and the way he says it in such a quiet voice, almost like he's just hearing the sound of his old coach's voice, has reduced him to that te- scared ten-year-old boy that he once was. And of course, Riley's like, "Well, well, you know, we're we're both adults. Not adults. Now you can call me Jack." That's like you going over to your friend's house and meeting their parents for the first time and like, oh, well, you can call me Felicia or you can call me um, James or something. It's like, no, because as kids, we wouldn't call our teachers by their first names, even if we're adults and we see our old like second grade teacher, I'm surely not going to call you by your first name. I love how uh, Coach Riley is so buddy-buddy just kind of smacking you, Gordon, on the show. Like, hey, game back to see your old coach, huh? And I'm like, eh, yeah, you wish. No, I did not. And he's like, oh, well, let me get... You got a kid on the team, huh? Because, I mean, Gordon's, like, 30 now. So, I mean, he could have a kid if he had one at, like, say, 20. Oh, okay, oh, okay. Here's what, um... No. Jet... or. uh Coach Riley's all like, oh, because Gordon says, well, I'm actually coaching Pee Wee. And of course, Jeff's like oh, well, you got a kid on the team or something? Like, because that's the only reason that would make sense that you would be coaching a Pee Wee team is if your child is on the team. Because if you're just coaching a team and have no children on the team, then that's a bit weird, uh, or would be nowadays. Well, then that leads me to ask, um. <laughs> Does Jack have a grandkid on the team? He's old enough to have a grandkid at this point. I mean, how did he start? How did Jack Riley start in this whole peewee business? He must have had a kid on the team, right? He must have. And by now, he's probably going to have a grandkid on the team. But we never learn any of this. Of course, Gordon's like, oh, well, no, actually, I am here because I am forced to be here by law. By giving back to the community. <laughs> so basically, he's kind of making up for getting a DUI. <laughs> he doesn't need to know that, of course. Oh, and Jack's oh my gosh! How about this, huh? Whoever thought we'd be coaching against each other? He's, like, overjoyed. <laughs> like, the master against the student. Like, Mr. Miyagi against Daniel. no, no I'm, I, sorry, I did not mean to, of course, compare... <laughs> coach Riley to Mr. Miyagi. They are no. Coach Riley is that coach in Karate Kid. You know the the one of the Cobra guy. He's that dude. He is so that dude. He's also that dude in the Ladybugs opposing team. That guy. He's also the one in um. What's the word of? Uh, what's that movie? Jonathan Brandis movie. Not uh. There's Ladybugs. There's also um. The Sidekicks movie he was in. Also similar, like Chuck Norris, like takes him under his wing, mentors him, and he's like, "I want to go and learn karate, even though I have asthma." Jonathan Brandis says this, and of course, um, I I doubt that's the same guy in Sidekicks who was the same dude in uh, the Karate Kid movie. Wouldn't that be weird? okay let's move on please (laughs) of course Gordon changes the topic like hey let me see who your hotshot player is because you seem to have one every year special little pet that uh, you pick out of the group that you put all your energy and time and effort into holding them into your image of the next MVP Of course, he mentions Banks. Adam Banks is an up-and-comer who definitely might go all the way. Not as good as you, but he wants it more because the kid won't give up. I love how Jack Riley... Like, throws a couple jabs in there. Like, remember when I coached you and um, how you lost the game? Because he does bring that up with those banners and stuff. Like, I really wish they'd take that second place banner down. Because it's just a horrible reminder of something that I buried deep down inside me. Like, I'm sure you have there, Gordon. I would have... Honestly, just said, "Oh, well, you know what? That's great. I gotta go check on my kids, though." Gordon doesn't give a shit about those kids, and the kids don't care about Gordon yet. They haven't, they haven't really gotten a chance to really mesh and get to know each other. Gordon doesn't want to coach. The kids don't want him there. So, but. Yeah, it's like, let's just stab that stake in a little deeper with that Pee Wee second place 1973 banner that should have been taken down. So Jack, of course, offers parting words of, <laughs> good luck, you're gonna need it. Because, of course, they probably played District 5 before. They know that they are terrible, they're shitty players. And he does not even have to worry about this. Like, they got it in the bag. They could beat District 5 with their eyes closed. They are that good. Of course, this old pat on the shoulder, Gordon's got to have a flashback to the beginning of the movie where Jack is telling him, You missed the shot! You're not just letting me down, you're letting your whole team down too! I won't be responsible for what happens to you if you do lose. Of course, we see Jack firing up those kids. How the hell old is that one in the back? That kid is fucking 18 years old, and these others are like 11 or 12. This is frightening. Oh, we got a little ginger boy in there. That's adorable. Win, 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 win! Gordon's like, okay, uh, come on, kids, let's all gather around here, guys. Come on, come on, come on. Win, win, win. Like, win? We don't do that. Win? Uh, we might try. I can't promise anything, though. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know Honestly, I gotta say That coach that had the heart attack Was probably a drunkard Maybe he was working off some DUI as well <laughs> These kids are just The is wearing a damn football helmet For a, a hockey helmet You kidding me? They're, they don't have any real equipment Other than the Probably donated hockey gloves For they that way they don't get splinters from that wooden hockey stick that they're using. Some of these kids look like they're dressed. I think Aberman's like dressed in like long johns or something. They're all wearing some form of the color red. Gordon's, <coughs> like chanting like when 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 like you're doing an exercise and you're like when like <laughs> <laughs> and the kids are kind of like looking at each other like who is this guy when 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 okay when. Whatever. <laughs> well, like, you just should, whatever, man. We're just going to do what we normally do, and that's, like, lose, so. <laughs> Apparently this is a thing, I guess, to um, check their hockey sticks on the goalie's, like, leg pads or knee pad, leg pads, whatever they are. I don't know what they're called. I Guys, I'm going to be up front, and you probably already guessed this by the fact that I don't know. Anything about hockey. I've seen some games. All I know is, like, the puck will eventually get into the net. Hopefully. I don't know blue line to blue line. I don't know, like, some of those other terms. Checking and high-sticking. I think something to do with, what, grabbing someone with your hockey stick by the skate and, like, yanking backwards. I don't know. But, um, yeah. Yeah, we see that the Hawks are definitely decked out. They got sponsors. They got... They got money for, like, the best of the best high-rated, if the internet existed in the form that it does today with the highest-rated peewee hockey gear, they would have the best. Now we go over to District 5, where I don't know what he's using, maybe some rolled-up magazines to use as, like, shin guards against his legs and everything. And, you know, of course the kids, they're testing out their hockey... What you know, sticks against the, um, uh, Goldberg's legs. And one of them eventually, like, knocks him on his ass because he's just. They're <laughs> hitting him in the ankles. The other kids on the Hawks team were hitting, like, a. Like, at knee level or just below the knee. And they're all, like, getting him at the. Goldberg at the. Oh, look at this! Like, with a. He's wearing a Philadelphia hockey jersey. Goldberg is, with D and 5, which is, like, you this giant black sharpie. Even the back of his jersey, which says Goldberg on it, is just written in black sharpie. Of course, Charlie had to go for the ankles, like, deep dive, like, smash right against him, like, practically breaking his ankles, because Goldberg goes down. Alright so we go to the stands here We got Jesse and Terry's dad Played by the guy who plays Irv Harper on Everwood We have of course Charlie's mom Casey We have a nameless boy Wearing a camouflage Bandana on his head And kind of an army surplus jacket That we don't know his name yet We eventually will get there at one point Hold on a quick sec here. Okay, so we got a kid from the Hawks. I get that they put, the ref puts the the puck down on the ice, and it's two that are squaring off against each other. Why does Six Six Five 5 have three kids? We got Gee, we got Jesse, we got Terry. And, of course, the Hawks kid has to make some racist remark like, What is this, the Oreo line? Like, go fuck yourself, you little shit. You know Jesse wants to kick this kid's ass. But why is there three of them going up against one of of the opposing team? I don't think that's how that works. So, of course, the ref's going to jump in the kids. Hey, come on now. Let's just play hockey, okay? My job is hard enough. I don't want to have to break up any fights. Behavior will be disqualified. All right. Now we're going to go over to um, the other kids that are hanging out in the uh, the box the uh what's this box called that these kids are all sitting in? And the coach, you know, the ones that aren't on the ice? the bleacher, well. It's like Isn't like that? a box or something like uh that you know they sit in. That's right while they're waiting. Yeah. They're oh, boy. Penalty no, it's not the penalty oh. box. Something. I'm sure they do. I don't know what it is. See, this kid's wearing a football helmet. This kid's wearing what looks like an umpire's mask. And I don't know what she's wearing back there with a the peace sign, but dang. This kid looks like he's wearing long johns. They're, uh, Yeah. So Gordon, of course, is popping like Tums or Rolaids or something because he's getting heartburn at the, uh, idea of having to coach, and of course facing down his uh, nemesis, you know, his old PB coach can't exactly be helping matters. Okay, I gotta be honest, out of all these kids, the one I, I really, I don't like, like, to the point where I almost hate him is Averman. He's annoying as hell, I hate him he's like, hey, better, better swing, better, better, and Gordon finally jumps in like, Averman, can you shut the fuck up? This is hockey. This isn't batting practice. I already have a, a headache and heartburn. You're not helping the situation. Oh, Aberman just continues and but replacing batter with goalie. <sighs> so we got the face off with the Hawks and Gee, what is wrong with this boy? Cause the referee just puts the puck down like, all right, kids, go do your thing. Boom. Hawk's kid just passes it, and Guy's just sitting there like a bump on a log. Like, hello, hello, wake up! Did you not, did you not get out of bed this morning? Are you still sleeping? What's going on, kid? And of course, this McGill Hawk character here is going to give Ghee a wake-up call by knocking him on his ass, which he sorely needs because uh, he's still sleeping, apparently. Guy, wake up! Oh, this, <laughs> Riley was <laughs> really right when he said, good luck, you're going to need it. Because uh, McGill, if this is the one uh, Hawks guy that takes that and runs with it, that puck. And as he does, he's not even touching the other, the District 5 players and they're falling over. Like, they're freaking domino pieces. And, of course, Goldberg is just a big giant puss-puss because instead of defending the gold, he just ducks and covers like it's a tornado drill. Goldberg, seriously? That's why we needed Julie the Cat Gaffney in this movie. Where is Julie? She's still in Maine? She won't show up for at least another two years? (sighs) Okay, okay. They were called sitting on the bench. Oh, yeah, on sitting the on the bench. bench that's what it's called. Church. Thank you, dear. Yeah. See, you're my f- hockey aficionado. You should be here. I hate the mighty <laughs> I'm sure you do. Oh, well, I can definitely tell the gingers family because we got a couple of gingers popping up in the stands there on the hawk side. Yeah! That didn't take any effort. Like I said, the, the, the hawks could beat them with their eyes closed. I am being a bit harsh on District 5 Because right now they're District 5 Eventually they will be the Mighty Ducks And then I can start rooting for them But for right now, these kids don't care They're not even trying Mentally they're still home in bed Sleeping like Gee Okay, you know what? This is probably the first of two times You see Adam Banks being An asshole as he skates Up to Jesse And shoves Jesse's helmet off his head Like eh, that's one Cause you know it was Banks who scored the goal And Jesse's about ready to clock that bastard Like you piece <laughs> Jesse's a hothead He is definitely a hothead Luckily before he can even get a chance To even get anywhere near Banks Cause Banks is like just skated off The ref's gotta be on Jesse's ass Like okay 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 boy Calm yourself down Thank you Okay, so now we got, like, eight minutes left on the clock in the first period. It's four to zero. And Goldberg is all complaining, like, throwing his pads and sticks down, his stick down, like, how could you let them get by you? It's like, dude, you're not doing your job. Your job is to defend that damn goal. And you're just doing a duck and cover tornado drill apt the whole time. That's a line change, so we gotta go, 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 you, 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 the kid with the football helmet, Carp, I believe. And... The kids are just, like, ugh, sliding over the side of the bench. We cut to uh, the bleachers for the District 5, and there's, like, just Jesse and Terry's dad, Casey, and the boy who will later be called Fulton. Just, like, ooh, boy. Connie, Connie, Connie! You gave me such hope in the beginning when you were kind of schooling Gordon on, you know, your, your guys' stats and all that. But she's... Ready for the face-off there. And the Hawkeye just, like, he hits the puck, but he also takes her stick with it. And the only thing she does is like, hey! (sighs) So, it's right around the half-mark period. He's getting, Gordon's getting pissed off. Of course, Goldberg thinks he deserves a drink. Because just standing in that goal is sapping his energy like no tomorrow. And Gordon's getting, he's getting pissed. He's like... Why are you guys so damn lazy? How many times do I have to tell you? Get those rebounds. Get your heads up. Get those loose pups. Just get the hell out of here. Get the fuck out of my face. Ugh. So, of course, Gordon sees Charlie making a smidge of headway. He's ahead of, you know, the Hawks. Looks like he could possibly score a goal. Carp, of course, is like, look, it's Spazway, as they referred to him. Like, He'll just fuck up. He'll just screw up. He does, because he pulls his stick back like he's getting ready to shoot into the goal. And, of course, he misses it by a damn mile. And, of course, Gordon's like, keep swinging there, Charlie. Maybe you'll give him a cold. Like, oh, so as Charlie was swinging, he also fell off his skate. You think these kids have never skated on ice before? What the hell? And he ends up sliding on his stomach into... The wall, and as he's trying to get back up, a couple of Hawks team members go and, like, pull a Bash Brothers moment and just bang right into him. You know, because they can, apparently. Oh, Gordon's like, nice fan, Charlie. Keep swinging. Maybe you'll give him a cold. The Hawks are all celebrating, and, of course, that's not good enough for Riley. He's like, hey, against this team, we should have twice this many. Now let's run it up. It's not worth winning if you can't win big. Basically, go big or go home, or however they say. You know how they do. Those boys look like they raked to high heaven. I mean, they're sweaty. They're just... Ugh. Probably don't wear deodorant. Oh, my God. What is the age ranges of these kids? I want to know of the Hawks players. Because, seriously, there are some, like, 16-year-old kids on that team. They are... Either that or they're, like... 13-year-olds who are, like, six feet tall. Wow. So, it looks like Gordon is just, like, chewing aspirin. I thought he was popping, like, Tums or roll aids or something. He's not even drinking water. He's gonna tear up his stomach lining. It's gonna be ripped to shreds. Of course, Goldberg's like, oh, my God, not again. Just take the goal. He just takes his gloves off and a stick and just take it, take it, take the goal. 17. 17 to nothing with a minute left, that is absolutely horrible. Of course, the kids on the bench are like, we need a new goalie, you think? You need Julie the Cat Gaffney is what you need. But she's in Maine, so... So, of course, Riley is like, hey, hey, knock it off, kids, because the kids are all celebrating. It's like, that was a lousy third period. Anybody could beat these pansies, pussies, whatever. <laughs> They're fucking horrible. So he's basically like, I want you guys to stay hungry out there as in, not only are you going to, you're beating these guys, but you're going to literally, like, beat them push him into the wall, knock him. These kids can't even stay up regardless of whether the Hawks are going to be out to beat them anyway. And, of course, Riley's got to congratulate Banks because he scored a new Hawks record of what? How many single-person goals in a game? I don't know. Okay, so <laughs> Riley's like, hey, Garden, good game, right? As, what is with a popped collar? Dang! That's how you always know it's a bad guy That always gotta pop that collar And that's what Riley is all about Clearly he's into Happy Days and Fonzie Didn't Fonzie do the popped collar daily too? Like i I never watched a day of Happy Days in my life Gordon is so embarrassed and pissed off He's like I'm gonna Give you all a verbal lashing Kids are all arguing Basically saying who's the worst out there You're all fucking horrible And Gordon has had enough. He's like, hey, shut the fuck up. Of course, he's like, hey, shut up. I thought we came here to play hockey. And of course, one of the kids is like, well, you know, I know I forgot something. It's like, do you think this is funny? Do you think losing is a joke? And one of them is like, well, not at first, but once you get the hang of it. Like, yeah, this is supposed to be funny. Huh? That you, you They know they suck. There's a difference between trying and sucking and actually making an attempt. These kids aren't even doing that. Why do you even show up? Why? Because their parents are probably saying, well, you signed up to play hockey. Now you've got to see it through to the end. Like, ugh. So, of course, Jesse and Terry got to throw in their jabs. Like, hey, look, we're getting our butts kicked out there. And Terry's only, like, hey, it's not like you coach us or anything. At least we try." You didn't try shit. You didn't try shit, Terry. Zip that lip. He's basically saying, uh, you know, I told you guys to keep your heads up. You put them down. I said, hustle. You went slower. It's like, why the hell don't you just listen to me? And, of course, Jesse jumps in with, why the hell should we listen to you? It's like, I mean, they're basically calling him out on his shit. It's like, you're only here because you got a DUI that you need to basically save face and or show face and just do this and you're going to be out the door. You don't give a shit about us. We clearly don't give a shit about you. Of course, Gordon's like, you know what? I'm I'm done. I'm just, I'm. Mm. So he starts to walk off and who does he see? Hmm. Who's that gray haired man? It's not Henry Warnemont. <laughs> no, it's Hans, who I, apparently when the actor was in a Die Hard film. <laughs> I've never seen the Die Hard movies. But Gordon's like, Hans? Is that you? So Gordon, I think, is probably starting to wonder, was that an apparition? Was that really Hans? All right, so now we get a good chunk of the kids... Pretty much, I think, all boys, unless Connie might be with them. Kids scored out of the garbage again, one of the dumpsters. They got Sports Illustrated, the swimsuit issue. Like, oh my gosh, who would throw these away? (laughs) Because that's as close as they're going to get to a Playboy or a Penthouse magazine at the age of 12. So let's see, we got Carp. we got Peter, we got Guy, we got Averman, we got Jesse... Charlie's back there behind Carp. I'm guessing he's not participating. I don't know. Of course, Carp sees it like, hey, let's charge my friends. First looks free. Next five minutes cost a buck each. Fork it over. Oh, Peter, of course, he and Carp are in on this. Like, yeah, fork it over. Abram's like, forget it, Carp. I can see this every day on MTV. Yeah, the the, uh, Aerosmith video or... um other videos with women in string bikinis or torn t-shirts, washing cars, stuff like that. Of course! Peter's like, hey, this one's from Minneapolis. Hey, gee, look, it's your mom. Of course, because they're guys they feel they gang. Hey, that's your mom. <laughs> of course, all the guys gang up on Peter. and Like, hey, let's give him a wedgie. <laughs> that was Jesse's suggestion. Of course, in an alley, now they're all met by the Hawks who are all on rollerblades because their parents are rich rich as fuck, basically. I mean, they even got Hawks, like, winter wear. They got the jackets, which I had a cousin or maybe a couple cousins that were into those starter jackets in, like, the early to mid-90s. Those things were expensive as fuck. I didn't watch sports teams, but, uh, no, these Disney sports movies were the closest. These were my sports teams. These underdog kids were my sports teams. Oh, of course, Banks is with them. And we got the other two, uh, shitballs that are also with Banks. They're like, hi, girls, says so your mommy know you have that? God. That, I'm like, fucking Urkel. <laughs> He's pointing to the Sports Illustrated magazine. There's three Hawks kids, and there's like one, two, three, four, five, six, or more, of the District 5 kids. Granted, they, the Hawks will whip their asses on the, on the ice, but... Come on. They're telling me six individuals can't take three fucking kids on rollerblades? I say you guys are, got the advantage. You're in tennis shoes. These kids are on their blades. Just fucking pile drive them. Of course, one of the Hawks kids is like, oh, she's busy with the mailman. And Banks is like, well, that'll make great bathroom reading. What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, you mean the Sports Illustrated would make good, uh, jerky, jerky motion, um, bathroom reading. Gotcha. Of course, Carp's like this, my you jerk! I found it. there was a whole fucking box filled of a hundred copies of Sports Illustrated. You're not one copy gone is not the end of the world, buddy. Come on, Carp. Come on, Carp. Notice who's not with them, and that's Goldberg. So we got Jesse, Terry, Averman, Charlie, Peter, Gee, and Carp. So oh, of course, the Hawk boy, three boys, the Hawks trio take carp and Dun- just shove him into a bunch of garbage bags. The Hawks boys are all like taunting them. Like, yeah, you want some more? You want some more? <laughs> I'm being noticed with those little fuck twats. We got Fulton coming up right behind them. Like, huh, huh, huh. yeah, you kids are gonna get a surprise. Fulton picks the three Hawks trio, They picks him up, throws them in the tr- uh into those three garbage bags. I'm like, did they? he throw them onto a carp? Because I don't see carp when the group of kids are laughing. He just threw the, these three boys onto this other boy because I see carp right behind them. Dude, I get that. Oh, there's a dirty, stained, piss, shit, stained mattress laying against. Oh, not only are these hawks... Uh, three hawks boys wearing um hawks apparel as far as winter jackets. They also have them um monogrammed with their last names. Oh, Fulton even growls. can <laughs> I've seen this movie how many times? Not only as a kid, as a teenager, whatever. I never saw him. I saw it always saw him throw these three hawks boys Fulton does but I didn't ever think like they he just threw them onto three boys onto another boy that was already on the ground. Wow of course Peter's like hey man thanks a lot and Fulton doesn't say anything he doesn't really speak until Gordon eventually sees him All right so looks like Gordon figures. He's going to have to put a little more effort than what he's been doing since that failure of that first game. And it's like, if he wants to get his job back as a lawyer, he's going to have to do more than just show face. He's actually going to have to put a little bit of effort into this. Granted, yes, the kids do too. And I think he just wants to see where these kids are at individually as players and see where... They definitely need a lot of work. They need a lot, a lot of work, but... You know, he's got, you know, hope that maybe he can mold them into something acceptable to be out on that ice. Notice, of course, Gordon is still wearing his peacoat Edward Cullen jacket. What exactly is the goal here? As Gordon's like, one, two, three, boom! Carp, like, skates a few, and then he, falls on the ground? Is he, is that, he wasn't supposed to do that, right? Of course, the other kid's like, oh, and of course, <laughs> Goldberg's laughing, and of course, Gordon shuts him up with by fat shaming him, saying, Who are you loving at, cream cheese, boy? <laughs> oh, wow, okay, no, he is not actually trying to help them be better, he's actually trying to work the system, as he says, if we're gonna cheat, we gotta make those falls look real. So that's what he was having Carp doing by just taking a dive. He's instructing them on how to fall, how to make it look at, like it's the opposing team's fault and hoping to uh, work the system that way or cheat the system that way. I really think that if they're going to be practicing this stuff, I get Averman's got a a goalie-ish... Helmet on that's protecting his glasses, but it's like if you're unless you're really, really like you really can't see without your glasses, maybe have something that is like, don't they have? Well, that's nowadays, they have stuff to protect your like goggle glasses with lenses in them or something like that. That basketball players wear who have to have you know corrective lenses, but it's like just just take off the, the glasses so you're not gonna bust them. He has them all lined up and he's walking down the path of kids on either side as he's having them repeat: Take the fall, act hurt, get indignant. Peter is so short compared to all these other kids. I don't even think he clears five feet. It looks like he's like four foot eight or maybe four foot nine at the most. And eventually the kid does get a growth spurt of sorts down the road, so. He's a little taller when I see him in that Full House episode, plus he cleans up a lot better. Alright, now we're playing another team. I don't know who they are. They're not the Hawks. They got some, like, teal, like, peach, pink, um, white colors. I don't know who they are. Goldberg! Oh my god, they need to have a backup goalie. Why don't they have a backup goalie? As Goldberg just has is, is fallen and shit. Like he normally does in that day. He's not, ugh. Oh, and Goldberg has the nerve to like, Give me a break, ref. Open your eyes. Do you not see what he did to me? Who fucking cares? It's PB hockey. Unless he kills you, they're not going to do anything but put the opposing team in the penalty box or whichever one of, uh, whatever. Of course, Goldberg comes up and... You know, Gordon's like, Goldberg, you don't take the fall while they're shooting at you! Ugh, stupid kid. Okay, so clearly the ref knows what's going on. He's like, cut the acting class. One more dive, and I forfeit to the Jets. So he was having all the kids pull this shit, and eventually the ref's like, okay, this is... What is this shit? Of course Gordon plays stupid (laughs) thing. What? I'm insulted by that. Like, fuck off. Okay, so... Gordon sees Charlie being a smidge manhandled by the opposing team and calls Charlie over to say, Hey, look, the next time you get in a scrape like that, what I want you to do is you take and put your hand over your eye like it's been cut, hit the ice. And we see him get into that predicament next, but of course, Gordon's like, Come on, Charlie, come on, do it, do it. You know what I told you. And of course, Charlie's not going to do that. So he and Gordon kind of have it out in the locker room after the game. It's like, hey, look, I told you to do what I, act like you cut your eye and you didn't do it. He's like, hey, what the hell's the matter with you? Next time I tell you to do something, you do it. You got it. It's like, hey, look at me. And Charlie just looks at him and just glares at him like, you can't make me cheat. And you can't. At least Charlie's got some sense of dignity. Yeah, the other kids not giving a shit. Of course, they're falling down left and right. Like, Joe, this boy's got a heart of gold in him. I mean, he may be a mischief, mischievous like 12-year-old, but who isn't, right? Of course, Charlie's not the only one who's pissed off. Uh, Jesse and Terry's dad comes in. It's like, "Jesse, Terry, let's go." And he looked at Gordon's like, "This is what I give my overtime up for. To watch my kids take falls? Seriously? Fuck you, guy." This carps over it, too, because he gets pissed off and throws his gloves down and just kind of sneers at, at Gordon, like, <sighs> All right, Gordon decides to finally pay a visit to Han's sports shop and see Hans, who's, uh, He look. this looks like Santa's village. Just the way that it's- it's dark, there's snow on the ground, you can see the snow kind of sparkling a little, and you see kind of the overhead lights create this little, like, misty atmosphere. And then you see Hans, like, sharpening his skate, but he's got, like, this little halo light around him. And it's just, he looks like Santa without the beard. He just looks like this nice, sweet, jolly guy. Of course, Gordon kind of comes in on the side and just into the door and is just kind of watching Hans work. And, of course, this, Hans knows Gordon. He's known him since he was about maybe ten, nine or ten years old. And, uh, it's <laughs> like, uh, Gordon. So basically, this is something that Gordon used to do through the back door late at night. He'd just come and watch Hans kind of sharpen skates and stuff. Like, it was kind of, like, a therapeutic, you know, soothing type of thing. Just, like, really, Gordon would want spend hours just watching Hans, like, sharpen skates. Of course, Hans, like, takes a hockey, um skate and he's got it like blade off and he's like what do you think Gordon is this sharp enough and he kind of runs his finger like ah, and Gordon comes close like oh did you cut yourself and of course Han smiles like you always spell for that <laughs> it just I love this relationship it's just it's so sweet and endearing he's just such like a Mr. Feeny character with the wisdom and just he's known Gordon for over 20 years I love Gordon saying, you're morbid, Hans. And, of course, Hans is like, no, I'm Scandinavian. So, Gordon mentions he saw Hans at the game. He's like, why don't you stop and say hi or something? And Hans is like, well, you were so busy screaming at those children. I didn't want to spoil it. Yeah, there's a time to come, because he hasn't seen... Gordon in a long time, and I doubt that would have been a great time to come up to Gordon and say, hey, remember me? When he's busy screaming at the kids, just, damn it, just do what I tell you to do, and do it. I like that in a way. It's like, he is kind of, I guess, if you want to call it putting Gordon in his place, just kind of reminding him, like, you know, I saw you, and... This is basically it's like this isn't the Gordon that I remember as a kid. I get it, yeah, twenty years have passed and everything like that. But it's like, come on. At one time you're a young boy who loved the game. Like I think even that comes up, like you loved this game. What happened? Like what happened to you? I'm gonna say, basically Coach Riley and the death of his father happened. Gordon kind of looks around at the storefront And Hans has got it decked out Because it's a hockey store You can get all your supplies there and, and everything you need for peewee hockey Regular hockey, adult hockey, whatever And Gordon kind of looks around And he's like, wow, nothing here has changed And Hans is like Well, the game hasn't changed So why should my store? Good point, good point He's still—he's even got this old ass register That looks like it's from like the 1920s So Hans of course He's probably been away for a bit, and he's like, oh, well, I heard a rumor that you became a doctor. And Gordon's like, no, it was a lawyer. And Hans is like, oh, I'm sure you enjoyed that. And Gordon's like, yeah, well, you know, I hardly ever lose a case. Of course, Hans saved the newspaper printing, the article where Gordon ends up losing the game. Like, yeah, Gordon wants to be reminded that day forever. It's etched in his brain. The article says, Hawks championship string ends. Hawks, Gordon Bombay misses penalty shot in overtime. Gordon's like, yeah, I see you still have this up. And Hans is like, well, it's important to remember the past. As Gordon says, well, I just as soon forget it. Gordon kind of lets us know, like, that was the worst time in my life. My dad died that year. Where Coach Riley could have been a positive male role model slash influence for Gordon, he in turn used Gordon's father's death as a way to guilt Gordon and make him feel even worse. Like, gee, hey, I wish your dad was here to see your final your your final game, and like. If you miss this shot, you're not letting me down. You're you're not just letting me down. But I'm surprised he didn't say, if you miss this shot, your dad would be so disappointed in you. Like, let's, like, shove that knife in a little deeper. This poor 10-year-old boy's, you know, he's already. <laughs> I can see why at that point, you know, especially after losing that game, he just decided to just say, I'm done. I'm just, I'm walking away from it. I'm going to focus on something else. Can you imagine the teasing and the ridicule he probably got from his teammates? Hans reminds Gordon, like, the two of those things aren't related. And Gordon's like, no, but it felt like they were. Because those things happened, you know, so close together. I mean, he was, you know, playing for the Hawks and his dad died. I mean, how can you not help but link those two things into the same category? Huh? there's a a framed picture of young Gordon with a holding a trophy. He's wearing the Hawks jersey. That's his dad, and of course Hans. It's old black and white photo. It's so cute. Holy Jesus! A hundred and ninety eight goals in that season of Pee Wee hockey that Gordon played. A hundred and ninety eight. No wonder he was like the top player. And Hans is kind of. It seems like he's kind of adding to this. Like, ugh. Oh. It's a shame that you quit, Gordon. You could have gone, and and you could have, and Gordon's like, could have gone all the way? Yeah. Well, I like what Hans is kind of doing here. It's not like he wants to bring up bad memories, but I think what he sees when he saw Gordon yelling at those kids and everything like that, and I think he just wants to try to help Gordon remember why Gordon loved the game. Like... Forget about the Hawks. Forget about all that stuff. Just remember when you were out on the pond playing until after dark. And you just, it wasn't about winning or losing. It was just about the joy and the thrill of just being out on the ice and, you know, knocking the puck around with the stick and everything. You didn't have all that pressure. Hans is like, "Well, why did you stop, Riley? Riley's an idiot. I saw what he did to you." It's like, "Then why is that guy still coaching? Why after 20 years is that guy still coaching peewee hockey? He is verbally and mentally abusive to children." No way and to, in 2020 that guy would not even be allowed around kids. And Gurns are like, "Well, the guy wins." And Hans reminds him, like, "It's not about winning." Just show the boys how to play. Show them how to have fun. Teach them to fly. Hans says, that is what they'll remember long after you've gone back to being a doctor. (laughs) And I'm sure Gordon's like, uh, it's a lawyer. (laughs) Of course, Hans gives Gordon a pair of new skates. Like, get your butt out on the pond like you used to do. Rediscover that magic that was once inside of you and why you love Play the game, and maybe that will spark and inspire him to help these kids. Things first. That name's God. That District Five. That's gotta go. That's gotta go. <laughs> Apparently, he thought Gordon was like a size nine and a half, and Gordon's like, "Well, actually, I'm a 9. So Hans is like, "Well, just wear thick socks." Yeah, exactly. Just wear thick socks. You'll be good. Isn't that always the thing? Like, if you're like, if you put on some boots that are kind of big, like, and really roomy, then just maybe put on some thick socks, you'll be alright. So, we do get to see Gordon skate around on the ice at night. It's really sweet. We do get a, and it's a flashback in sepia tone of him playing probably on that same pond while his dad calls him in to dinner. I love how he's doing, like, the play by play commentary as he's skating and. Hitting that puck into that garbage can. Because <laughs> everyone is always their own personal cheerleader. Forty? What is this? Stand by me? <laughs> is this last name LeChance? <sighs> of course, so Gordon has had a change of heart. And of course he wants to apologize to Charlie. And probably to his mom. Because uh, she saw what a ruthless... Tyrant type asshole he was being to those kids Like I don't want my kid on your team So he knocks on the door And Casey of course Looks through it and, and there's just a moment where she hesitates Like I really don't want to open this door and have to face this guy I'm already so pissed at him Charlie's mom is a pretty lady She really is but then again Gordon is pretty attractive himself <laughs> So, Gordon's like, uh, hi. And she's like, please, just go away. Charlie doesn't want to be on the team anymore, and neither he nor I have anything to say to you. She goes to shut the door, and of course he puts a hand up, blocking her. And he's like, well, I have something to say to you. And she's like, oh, really? So She's like, oh, great. Door-to-door mistreatment now, huh? Now the team can feel miserable between games, too? (laughs) She's got some spark in her. God, this must be hard for Gordon. He's like, I came here to apologize to Charlie. To both of you. (laughs) He can't even look her in the eye when he says that. And she's just looking at him incredulously like, what? He's like, apologize. Like, "Uh, okay. (laughs) Oh, she's like, well, you should. (laughs) Yeah, he should. (laughs) What was Charlie expecting to see when his mom said, Charlie, you have company, and he runs around the corner and then stops short when he realizes who it is? Who is he? Maybe a friend? I mean, we don't know anything about Charlie's dad. Charlie, get a haircut, please. He does in the second movie, thank goodness. So... Uh. So, Charlie's, (laughs) er, Charlie, Gordon's trying to be kind of buddy-buddy, he's like, hey, Charlie, how you doing? And Charlie just is like, eye roll, won't even look at him like, you don't even deserve my eye contact, Mr. Bombay. He really has to, like, dig down deep for this apology. He's like, well, um, look, Charlie, I was, uh, walking around and, uh, thinking and, uh, he, Gordon turns over his shoulder and kind of looks like, hey, can you, uh, give us a minute? And, of course, uh, Casey's like, okay. She's like, didn't say something like, I will, but I won't go far. So, he doesn't exactly come out and say, I'm sorry, yet. First, he says, look, I'm sorry I asked you and the other guys to cheat. And he's like, look, I never should have said what I said to you, alright? I was angry, I was frustrated. He says, it took a lot of guts for you to do what you did. What you- to do what you knew was right, and I admire that. And that's where Charlie, like, finally looks up at him, because- those are big words coming from Gordon. I mean, he hasn't exactly said the words, I apologize, but he will eventually get to that. He is really, like, oh, Gordon's got to dig down deep for this, I apologize. I really like to say that I um and you see, like, just outside the doorway, Casey is right on the other side, and she's like, sorry sorry you're sorry and gordon's like i am sorry i'm sorry okay she like looks in her direction like i see you i see you over there gordon's like oh boy this was difficult <laughs> i tried to find the words to apologize gordon's like look tell your mom that hopefully it'll be a lot more fun this time around so gordon's like what do you say charlie is like over the moon he's like okay great, 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 great. do you want to stay for dinner <laughs> and of course his mom's like wait excuse me <laughs> he's already schmoozed by Gordon. The fact that his mom is single. And Gordon's like, what? And, and Casey comes around the, she's like, Charlie? Like, oh, I don't want him to stay for, dinner." I'm kind of like, oh, I, I can't, what, what do you have <laughs> At least I kind of, that is nice that he did stay for dinner. I mean, we don't get to really see that dinner, but I think that's, Interesting that at least he and Charlie can start to get to know each other a little better, you know, off the ice. And they can... I I honestly really, really like the bond that he and Charlie do do develop. I know that Charlie is eager for a father figure because his father's not in the picture. Uh, Of course... Now Gordon feels like if he's going to make this fun for the kids, we got to start getting some things, some making some changes, right? We got to get rid of that dang District 5 name. Get rid of it. We need to get some equipment, safety equipment. The kids got to be safe on the ice. We need to get some jerseys. And, of course, you know, his, Mr. Ducksworth, you know, his boss, the lawyer company kind of put this whole community service peewee hockey thing together, right? So it was like, why not see if he will sponsor the team, oh, he's just kind of given him Ducksworth a um, like a progress report on his community service, as far as learning a lot about teamwork and fair play and all that junk. good at the end of the day, it's like he's almost like a big kid. Like he hasn't really a hundred percent grown up. I mean, that can work as a good thing, but it also can be. It's a sign of also immaturity. But the the second thing, of course, is going to be that fair play does not come cheap. And the whole time he's telling Dog, D- D- Dogsworth, Ducksworth about this, Ducksworth is pruning like a ficus or some form of houseplant that's on a table. He's like giving him a little trim trim. And Corn's like, look, these kids, my team, they got no money. They have nothing. I mean, one of them was wearing a freaking football helmet for a hockey helmet. One of them was wearing long johns for a uniform. It's pretty bad. Can't afford ring time, safe equipment, or proper uniforms. So he decides to paint a picture for Ducksworth, who really doesn't give a shit. (laughs) Imagine sir being 10 years old and stepping out onto that ice. Old copies of the Enquirer taped to your shins instead of pads. And the point, of course, Gordon's trying to make is the fact that these kids, th- you would not be taken seriously, and neither are these kids. It's like, you put me out here to coach this team and everything like that, and I want to do that, but in order to do that, we got to get the kids the equipment that they need. And what better way to do that than have them to be sponsored? So, Ducksworth is like, all right, how much is this, this going to cost? Gordon gives a round ballpark figure, fifteen thousand, and Ducksworth immediately shoots him down. Like, no way. So Gordon's got another ace up his sleeve. Like, wait a minute. Think of the goodwill. We named the team after the firm. Yeah, he's like kind of trying to paint a picture here of the, you know, you guys, Ducksworth, Saber, and Gross being the good guys, the firm that gives back to the community. Wouldn't that look good? I mean. I mean, they're lawyers. They make a shit ton of money. I doubt that giving back to the community is really their top priority of any kind. Of course, the cherry on the sundae. As Gordon adds, come on, I'll get you your own jersey. You'll love it. Because later we will see Ducksworth jersey framed on the wall in, a, in his office later. All right, we get a cute little montage. The kids are just going wild at Hans's uh, sporting goods shop here. Just... Getting all the cool stuff. Getting the equipment. Testing out those hockey gloves. We got... This is throughout this montage. You see Goldberg trying to fit into these uh, goalie pants. He keeps like slipping and falling. Is this like goalie wear that's behind him? It looks like it's like some padded material that you would like... Like a... Thing that you would just, like, put on your body, almost like not a chain of armor or chainmail, but, like, something that's padded just to protect your body. Of course, Mr. Spazway here, (laughs) as he's been dubbed, uh, goes over to check out the hockey sticks. Of course, same thing with the whole, you grab a a paper towel, roll off a stack of them, what happens? They all fucking fall down. Yeah, he goes to pick up a hockey stick and go, boom, they all fall to the floor. But, you know, Goldberg got those sh- hockey pants, whatever the heck they're called on. They look like hockey board shorts. Yeah, I recognize this song. This is uh, a song that played during the Full House Season 5 Crushed episode with uh, Tommy Page. Because uh, Stephanie was dancing to this song. So... Also in the store, we see Fulton. We actually do learn his name as Gordon spies him, helping Charlie pull a stick from some molded ice, which is this like one of those King Arthur Camelot pulling the sword out of the stone type of dealie. He is giving him all the dirt on uh, Fulton Reed. He's in one of my classes. And Gordon's like, well, then how come he's not on the team? Apparently he only plays football. Some preppy school gave him a scholarship. Since he doesn't play hockey. Oh, Jesse is also giving the dirt to Gordon on on uh, Fulton here. They don't want him getting hurt. Apparently, supposedly, Guy's like, hey, I heard it was like colleges that he's already been accepted to like four of them. He's like, what, the same age as you kids? So he's like, what, maybe 11, 12 years old? He ain't being accepted to no colleges Unless they start recruiting early at the age of 12 when they spot really good talent. Of course, Goldberg's like, yeah, but, you know, I heard he's got to repeat the sixth grade. And Jesse's like, shut up, Goldberg. You aren't included in the conversation. It's like, go away, go A.V.E. Oh, boy, here we go. You think this is something that isn't going to come back? It's going to come back. These kids had no idea that Gordon, of course, once played Hockey because Gordon's been kind of tight-lipped about his history with hockey. Other than the fact that when he first met the kids, he's like, "I hate kids and I hate hockey." Peter is the one that sees that Gordon Bombay, his coach, played for the Hawks. The the District Five's mortal enemies, and of course, Peter is going to use this to his advantage later, and this is going to. Uh, determine his way of thinking, like, one's a hawk, always a hawk. Gotta find out how much all this costs. Looks like the total is $7,242.08. Didn't, um, Ducksworth agree to, like, 15000 Maybe that all goes to, like, maybe also getting them jerseys, getting ring time, all that good stuff. So apparently, they need to pick up at least a couple more players. Are they short a couple players? Because... They go to the rink, and apparently it's free ice skating day, as, uh, the boys all recognize, uh, Tammy, and, um, oh, the boys, the kids are all looking at the, the free skating, like, all these kids skating, like, and Gordon's like, hey, anyone know who they are? Terry, of course, was like, well, that's Tommy Duncan. He's in my science class, and that's his sister, Tammy. Ooh. Gordon's like, you think they might like to play hockey with us? Maybe. (laughs) We see Tammy putting on a blue and yellow jersey, which is basically just for practice because they got rink time. And Gordon's like, oh, it fits you good there, Tammy. Hey, just think of it as finger skating with a stick. Tommy's all gung-ho about hockey, but uh, of course Tammy's like, mom isn't going to like this at all. And, of course, Tommy's like, look, I have to do figure skating with you. You can at least do this for me and play hockey. And mind you, Tommy Duncan is played by one half of Pete and Pete. He also played Jackie Radowski in the TV series The Babysitter's Club. So he's going to put the kids through the paces. He's got the orange cones there and kind of has them, you know, go side to side, shift your weights, all the good stuff. So even with these new skates and these new techniques and stuff, they still do have some issues with the skating as Charlie falls flat on his face. Another thing, we got to go to puck handling. So he's Gordon's got a lot of eggs. Like, you got to have the soft hands, all right? You can't just be whacking the stick as hard as you can to hit that puck because... You're gonna... Your aim's gonna be off. So, soft hands. He's like, you don't shoot the puck to your teammate, you sail it to him. Basically, you accept the puck, you cradle it, just... I like this, that he's basically just back to basics with these kids, and they really look like they haven't had proper techniques when it comes to that. But at least he's... You know, Pee Wee Hockey 101 for them. Okay, enough with the Karate Kid. Wax on, wax off. And even Connie's like, Abram, will you just shut up and hit the dang egg? Okay, so Goldberg sees all this. Like, this is great and everything, but what about me and the goal? So Gordon just says, all right, Goldberg, do you trust me? And he's got him tied up on the goal post things. Like, stretched out. And... Goldberg's like, look, coach, I mean, I get you're trying to help me and all, but my mom would love me to see my bar mitzvah, okay? And I like how Gordon's like, Goldberg, this is your bar mitzvah, the day you become a man. (laughs) And it's like, I don't think you get the concept. It's got Goldberg strung up. So basically, which is good because he's going to have to feel what it feels like to get hit by the puck, and he's got all that padding on. It's like, dude, you're going to be fine, all right? The padding is there to protect you. At least that way, if he feels, you know, the puck hitting the pads and stuff and feels that there's not a huge lot of impact, it might cut down on his fear of the puck and be, you know, for him to be able to stand there and actually be stopping the puck instead of doing the tornado drill duck and cover. They don't even really, like I said, they got him stretched out. His arms are stretched out. His legs are stretched out along the goalposts and everything like that. And he doesn't have a stick because like, he just needs to get the feel of the, the, the puck against his pads to know that there's really nothing to worry about, that he is safe. So I love how he's, like, getting the kids all pumped up. Like, do you ache? Are you pumped up? And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, all right, you hungry? He's <laughs> like, that was a hell of a practice, kids. Be proud of yourself. I love this. Like, gone is like, the mean asshole Gordon Bombay, here is Mr. Fun. But he's not only being fun with them and just cutting up and just having a good time, but he's teaching them, too. So he's being able to develop a repertoire with the kids and everything like if he trusts them they will in fact then trust him and everything and you got to have a good relationship with your coach if you're going to you got to learn to trust each other you got to have respect for each other if, respect for your teammates you got to work together yeah well he just says hey you guys hungry you guys tired the ache are you pumped up i thought he was like hey do you guys want like french fries or ice cream or hamburgers or whatever Of course he forgets that he's tied Goldberg up who is like dragging that gold post behind him poor kid oh he drops off Charlie my guess I mean he's clearly traded in the limo for a big van that can get all the players around if they gotta travel to different uh, ranks and stuff like that to play against other teams in the district gotta have a big van to be able to get all those... those, I mean, they're all able to fit into that limo, so they should be able to fit into this, what, 12-seat passenger van? I love this adorable bonding moment between Charlie and Gordon, as Gordon tells Charlie that he did really well in practice. Okay, we do find a little bit out about what happened to Charlie's dad, as, oh, this could be an interesting bonding moment, as because, you know, Gordon's dad passed away when he was right around Charlie's age, and... Charlie's dad well Charlie says that he and his mom left his dad and of course Charlie probably was too young he's like I don't really remember but that's what she says so my guess is this could have been like maybe it was a really bad situation maybe his dad was abusive or uh, physically or mentally abusive and just it was a bad situation so she got him and herself out of there and I think that Char- uh, Gordon you know he says you know when I was a boy I had to take care of my mother too that's right because you know his dad had died so he kind of had to step up and be the man of the house kind of like what Charlie's got to be so this is really nice them bonding just not only with hockey but just the fact that they both don't have fathers in their lives so Charlie's like well what happened to your dad and Gordon's like well he uh, he passed away And Gordon's like, well, you do a good job taking care of your mom, right? You keep it up. Oh, this is adorable. As Gordon gets ready to go and Charlie's like, hey, coach what's that right there it's the the thing where you point like hey what's that on your shirt and of course they look down and you like go with your finger oh (laughs) Uh, oh this trick in the buff. this is adorable they get into a cute little wrestling match and it's just I mean if a stranger walked by and saw these two like goofing around they'd definitely oh yeah that's a father and a son just messing around Granted, of course, in 2020, this would be 100% frowned upon, and Charlie would not be getting a ride home from his hockey coach. But, of course, Casey looks out the window. She sees this. She thinks it's cute, but also kind of a little worried. Like, she does bring this up later to Gordon, that every time I get with a guy, Charlie gets his hopes up, and then the guy just up and leaves. So I really... And it, but I'll get to that when we get to that scene. So, Lewis, of course, is still driving Gordon. I don't know how long he's on a suspended driver's license for. I guess DUI, it's got to be quite a while. What, six months to a year, maybe? And they're just driving along, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the glass in the passenger side window shatters. Like, it just crashes. Something was hit into it. It really doesn't shatter the window. It just kind of like breaks it. But it doesn't like shatter out where there's no glass there. It's like that could have killed them. Lewis is driving. He could have he swerved off the road. He could have hit somebody. Of course, this is where we see Fulton in an alleyway shooting hockey p- pucks out of the alley. Like, Dude, you don't know if you're hitting... You know, cars are passing by. Somebody could have been walking by. You could have fucking hit them. You could have killed them. Damn it. Hit into the alley. Into the alley. Not out of it. And if he hadn't have done that, we wouldn't have, you know, had Gordon officially meet Fulton. It's just like Fulton realizes what he's done. Like, oh crap. Usually this doesn't happen. And he just takes off running. But luckily, Gordon grabs him. It's like What is going on? Like, hey, hey, look, I'm sorry about the window, all right? I'll pay for it. And Gordon's like, I don't care about the window. Where did you learn to shoot like that? They need that secret weapon, and that secret weapon is Fulton. Read. Oh, he just says, never, look, uh, sorry, it was an accident. And of course, Gordon's like, never mind the window. Where did you learn to shoot like that? Of course, Fulton's like, well, I didn't learn. I just do it. And Fulton is. I don't know whether he's wearing really, really high, like, tall boots. Because he, like, clears Gordon by at least a few inches here. But it seems like once they get in the rink, like, he's not as tall. And I kind of wonder if it's, like, a trick of the camera. Gordon's like, do it again. I want to see you do it again. And, of course, then he does it and smashes the window, you know, behind the passenger seat window. Of course, Lewis is still in the fucking van, dude. You should have had him get out of the van. And it's like, why are you still having him shoot into the street? So Gordon's like, well, I mean, you're good at breaking windows, but, well, do you ever hit the goal? And Fulton's like, yeah. Well, I mean, one out of five. (laughs) So Gordon wants to get the truth instead of these rumors. Like, is it true about the scholarships, how they won't let you play hockey? And Fulton's like, well, people talk, it don't mean nothing. So, of course, Gordon offers him a chance to play for District 5. Fulton's like, I can't. And Gordon's, like, kind of pushing him, like, what do you mean you can't? Are you afraid? And Fulton's like, no, I mean, I can't, you moron. I don't know how to skate. It's like, seriously, is that all that's stopping you? So we get an adorable montage of the kids skating through probably the Mall of America, if that existed in 92, And it's just, that would not be allowed. You would not be, But it's like, you gotta get them skating in one form or another. It may as well be the rollerblade because that was such a big thing in the early 90s with the rollerblades. I even had a pair for a little bit. Oh, Gordon's even rollerblading with the kids. And uh, Fulton ends up taking a wrong turn going down a set of stairs and accidentally pushes a lady into a uh, fountain. That's in the mall. All right, now we're into the introduction. We're out with the District 5. We're in with the Mighty Ducks. I've looked on, like, Amazon. I guess you can get one maybe, like, custom-made of a Mighty Ducks jersey, which is really cool. I don't think it's going to be cheap, though. I'll tell you that much. Of course, the kids are like, "Eh, Mighty Ducks, I don't like that name. Eh." He's like, The Ducks? We're the Ducks? Of course, Peter's like, What brain-dead jerk came up with that name? And Gordon's like, I did. Of course, he adds in, I didn't have a choice. We're being sponsored. Of course, Averman's by who? Donald and Daisy? It's like, no, by the people that paid for you to have that wonderful hockey equipment that we just had a montage of you getting awesome stuff. Those people are sponsoring you kids. And Gordon's like, he kind of can't believe it. Like, come on, kids, what's up with you? Like, you don't want to be ducked. You'd rather be some damn District 5, some stupid fucking number. I'm like, oh, well, it's better than some dumb animal. It's like really, really, really. And of course, Gordon takes this ch- time to school Peter and the fact that the duck is one of the most noble, agile, and intelligent creatures of the animal kingdom. And of course, Connie and Gee have to say like, oh, but they're wimpy. They don't even have teeth. You don't know that they might have some teeth back there behind the, uh, in the back. You ever been bit by a duck, Gee? Have you ever been bit by a duck? I'm sure they have some teeth in there. You just can't see them underneath the gums. They're beneath the gums. That's where they are. Those are where the teeth are. I love how Gordon's like, neither do hockey players. Oh, Connie's there. That's sweet. (laughs) I love how she and Charlie share a look. (laughs) So, of course, Gordon's got to tell them how beautiful it is to see ducks flying in formation. It's beautiful. Pretty awesome the way they all stick together. So, he's all basically trying to paint a picture of Team Unity. Like, you ever see an animal pick on a duck or try to fight a duck? No. You want to know why they don't? Because if they do, they got to deal with the whole damn flock. Ducks never say die. And he's like, you ever seen a duck fight? No way, because the other animals are afraid. They know if they deal with, mess with one duck, they gotta deal with the whole flock. And that's when Gordon reveals he is also wearing a duck's jersey. Green and yellow, everybody. Green and yellow. Gordon just takes off his coat, reveals he's wearing a jersey. He's like, I'm proud to be a duck, and I'd be proud to fly with any one of you. Oh, they have candy! Hot tamales, M&M's, Skittles. Oh, um, I think there's a mic, and I expect... I'm sorry, Gordon, you go on with your duck talk. I'm just gonna look at this candy. Oh, there's another vending machine! They don't sell cigarettes in that. <laughs> oh, my God! Can you imagine? Because I see a picture, it's like red and white in this locker room, so clearly they had to travel to play the cardinals because there's a cardinal bird on the wall of course gordon's like who wants to fly with me who wants to be a duck nobody of course is gonna make the first move like hey, fulton of course is there he's like i'll be a duck and then charlie's like yeah me too Then I think other kids start, like, yeah, yeah, you know, after thinking it over, I think I will be a Duck. So now we get the Cardinals players that are just like, who is the Mighty Duck? Who are these Ducks? These players, because I thought we were playing the District 5. And why are they tossing footballs to each other? And Gorn is just trying to tell them, like, hey, look, every time you get the puck, you're the quarterback. Talk to each other. Make eye contact. Talk to them and let them know it's coming. Exactly. It's all about teamwork, talking, communication, eye contact, all the good stuff. To the point where you guys will know each other's signals without even having to look at each other. Of course, this movie PG. So when I saw this and one of the Cardinals players is like, what a weird ass team. I'm like, whoa. So Fulton, of course, is their secret weapon. He's kind of hanging back on the bench. Gordon's like, hey, you ready? And Fulton's like, hey, hey, I think so. So Gordon dumps a bunch of hockey pucks on the ice and says, all right, have at it. Do your thing. Of course they really needed to work on Fulton's aim because it's like he, one hits the net. The others are like hitting the beams above. One of them goes into the crowd, which could have taken off someone's head because this guy is like fast like a bullet as he's like. Slamming these pucks across the ice, and not only the ice, but into the stands. This really should have worked with him first. The fact that this is the first time that he's playing again, but come on. You know, the the Cardinals goalie is scared shitless. It's like, that is going to be my fucking head when he takes it off my body. When he shoots it towards the goal. Apparently he made one goal out of five tries. Alright, so Gordon goes in for a little pep talk real quick. He's like, hey, let's forget the past. That was District 5. We had some losses. We're ducks now, alright? Basically, this is a clean state, slate. So instead of going win, 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 we're going to go quack, 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 quack. That is the team mantra. And I love eventually that the crowd is going to get into it. Ducks are undefeated. And. Until they start playing, definitely. But yeah, as of right now, the Ducks are new. They haven't played again. They haven't played a game yet, so they, of course, are undefeated for the time being. All right, looks like the first goal by the Ducks was scored. Yes! Lewis is there, of course, with a video camera because it's their first game as the Ducks. So, of course, you got to record it for posterity. is going to be the first goal they've ever really scored. This is big time. This was a big, big deal. Okay, so the other team had scored two and they got one. All right. Wait, did Jesse score a goal? Because I love how uh, Jesse and Terry's dad is like, hey, that's my boy. (laughs) I love how Jesse and Terry's dad and... Casey are both there Casey being you know Charlie's mom And they're there supporting their kids And just celebrating it's so great Why are these other kids Parents there (laughs) It's like basically Jesse and Terry's dad and Casey Are Basically they're not just supporting their kids They're gonna be the parents for the kids Whose parents aren't there watching them so. So of course we have An incident that is pretty much played For laughs Harp gets hit right in the helmet, basically right in the head with um, a hockey puck by the opposing team. And I think the kid, like, hits it, like, for maybe five feet away, maybe ten feet or what, 50, I don't know. But, and the little sound effects here with the little birdies, they aren't real birdies, but you hear that birdie-chirping sound effect. And the kid just... Goes down like that. Flat on his back. And you see the reaction from the, those in the, uh, the bleachers are just going, oh my god!" Of course it's played for less as, uh, Gordon runs out there, you know, cause he's the coach and everything. They want to make sure this kid's okay. Carp. Was the one that originally, when they were District 5, he had a football helmet on. Can you imagine if he were wearing a football helmet and not this padded hockey helmet? He probably would have had some serious damn damage done to his fucking head. Concussion. He probably may even have a concussion even with this. We have one of the Ducks players pulling off Carp's helmet. As Carp is like, I don't want to go to school today, Mom. Because it's all played for laughs. Like, this is a serious injury. He got hit in the fucking head with a a hockey puck, even though he was wearing a helmet. It's like, in today's, would he, if a kid got hit in the head with a hockey puck and he was wearing a helmet, would they want them to take the... The helmet off And of course Gordon does the typical Hey Carp, how many fingers am I holding up He's holding up four and Peter's all like He wouldn't know that anyway and it's like Shut up Peter it's like "Kid, you guys need To like back up and give him some, some Space there is a ref Even out there maybe a medic Like get him Somewhere he needs to go see a doctor He needs to get checked out So I'm guessing that might be Gee who picks up Carp's helmet and you see this ginormous fucking dent right in the front of the top of the helmet The Aberman's there to say oh the carpster you just had to stop the puck it's like oh boy so they basically just take carp and lay him down on a bench it's like no you need to call that boy's parents and you need to get him to the emergency room to get an x-ray done on his head or an MRI or something on his head So Fulton is going to be the one to finally step out onto the ice because, of course, even though they're the Mighty Ducks and they did score one point, the Cardinals are still up by a point, so they have to instill the secret weapon. And the Cardinals players have all seen Fulton practice hitting the puck, so they're all, like, out of the way. Like, oh, my God, he's going to hit us. He's going to kill us. Meanwhile, if this were a real pee-wee hockey, the whole slow-mo of him pulling back the pup the hockey stick, to shoot it. Some other player would have come along and just, like, ran with that puck. Oh, he was just a ploy! So Fulton didn't actually shoot the puck. They just got everyone to... Ca- All the red, uh, Cardinal players are cowered down because they're afraid they're going to be hit. And uh, Fulton just passed it to another player and just easy-peasy, right like that. The, go- the Cardinals goalie is down, like, in a crouched, like... District 5 Goldberg Tornado Drill duck and cover position. And boom, easy enough. Easy peasy. Got that goal right in there. Look, I love the little half-hearted attempt from the Cardinal goalie as he realizes, like, what's happening. As um, I think it might have been Gee who had put the puck into the net. And the Cardinal goalie just puts an arm up like, oh, this will be enough to block my attempt. Like, nope, 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 nope. All right, so the Ducks tied 2-2. Two to two. I guess that's good enough. All right, now we're going to go to Hans's shop as he is telling Gordon the lineup, like, that tie that you have with the Cardinals just might be the thing to get you in the playoffs. And Gordon's surprised, like, really? We could be good enough to be in the playoffs? And apparently, he says, everyone but the last two teams are in. So, we see Ducks on the very bottom. We got the Panthers that are below the Ducks. We got the Huskies that are above the Ducks. The Cubs are above the Huskies. The Tigers are above the Cubs. The Jets are above the Tigers. The Hornets are above the Jets. The Flames are above the Hornets. Cardinals above the Flames. And, of course, the Hawks are number one with 12 wins and zero losses, zero ties. Okay, so the Panthers got the measles. Okay, so someone's not vaccinating any of their kids on that team. That is, wow. Okay, well, let's be the Panthers then. They're out. Apparently all they gotta do is beat the Huskies and they'll make the playoffs. The Huskies are just above the Ducks. Okay. I love how most of these are all animals. Panthers, Ducks, Huskies, Cubs, Tigers, Hornets, Cardinals, and Hawks. The only thing that aren't are Jets and Flames. So Gordon, of course, admits he's worried about the fact that they'll have to play the Hawks again. And Hans is like, so? And Gordon says, well, they're a tough team. Nothing's changed since they played. Like, Riley's still a raging asshole. And I've seen those little uh, foot soldiers that he's training there. Apparently, Hans has a secret weapon, and he says, actually, something has changed. You wouldn't even be a hawk now because they changed the district lines. Hans shows on a map that they redrew the district lines last year. So that apparently could work in their favor. Fave. they bor Favor. Excuse me. Apparently, the lake is not the boundary anymore. All right says, you see, you'd be a duck. Ah, uh, ha, 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 ha. I see where they they got it here. As Coach Riley learns, one of his players apparently is an uneligible. Un- and that one player just happens to be the hotshot of the Hawks, Adam Banks. So, Gordon is, you know, going to hit Riley where it hurts. And where's it going to hurt? By taking his hotshot best player. So apparently, Gordon got in touch with whoever is the head of the PB hockey, whatever association. <clears throat> when it comes to, I mean, it's Minnesota. Hockey is a very, very, very big thing. I can't even begin to fathom just how big hockey is in Minnesota. And turns out. Like I said, Banks is ineligible. Riley's like, this is a joke, right? Of course, Riley is just flabbergasted by this news. He just now realizes that Gordon Bombay is there. Like, Gordon, I suppose this is your duty? And of course, Adam's father is also there to weigh in on this uh, issue, Like, Coach Riley, is there a problem here? And, of course, Riley's, oh, no, there's just a mistake. And, of course, the uh, Pee Wee Hockey League official is like, well, no, it's not a mistake. Are you this boy's father? 450 North Hennepin, is that your address? He's just listing all this information just to make sure this is 100% correct. And he's like, I'm afraid there is no mistake. The boy is playing for the wrong team. What? that have been something that would have been brought up? I mean, did he just start playing for the team at the beginning of the season? And they just redo these redrew this these district, district lines? <clears throat> Last year? So, I, I don't know. A bunch of technical bumbo-jumbo. According to league rules, Pee Wee League rules, Adam Banks should be playing for District 5. Of course, Adam's father is like, my son is a hawk, not a duck. And that's when Jack Riley's like, is this your doing, Gordon? Of course, Gordon doesn't even say anything to Jack Riley. He's like, we'll expect to see you at our next game. We'll have a uniform waiting for you. And Adam's like, no way. I'm not doing that. (coughs) Good grief. And Adam's kind of side-eyeing his dad when his dad's like, my son would rather not play than play for your team. Oh, give me a break. Oh my, Adam's eyes just like practically bug out of his head. Just the idea of not even playing hockey at all. Like, uh, please don't speak for me, father. And of course, Gordon's like, fine, if that's what you wanted." But remember, if he continues to play for the Hawks, they'll have to forfeit every single game with him being there. They'll have to forfeit every game for the rest of the season. So of course, Gordon leaves with these parting words. Boy, I'd hate to see that. And he just walks off as the league manager is... Like, look, I'm sorry this had to happen, but as you can see here on this map that I have, and I love how Adam is like trying to like look at the map and everything. But of course Riley is not gonna take this line down. He's gonna have it out with Gordon. Point of even talking down to him like, hey, you stop when I'm talking to you, son. I'm like, dude, he's thirty years old. If this movie were not PG, you wanna know what Gordon would probably do? He'd probably like, Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Bye. You wouldn't even turn around. Just like, give him the middle finger and just keep walking. This guy, Riley, has got seriously. What is this fucking deal? It's like his life and blood and sweat is just wrapped up into the coaching the this pee wee hockey team for for twenty fucking years or more. He's like, what's the idea here? Are you trying to sabotage me or what? Dude, it's pee-wee hockey! Do you have a gambling addiction or something that is... Like, oh no, they gotta be winning. Oh my gosh, I have gambling debts I need to pay. Or some shit. He's just so wrapped up in it. And he doesn't even have a kid on the damn team. But this guy's had such a reputation of winning over the years. So, of course, Jesse and Peter happen to hear... The middle, the end of this conversation. And Peter already knows whether or not you shared this with Jesse. With the fact that Gordon Bombay was once a hawk when he was about 10 years old. And of course, in Peter's eyes, once a hawk, always a hawk. Gordon's like, hey, the law is a bitch when it works against you. Isn't it Jack? Since, of course, he's like, oh, you can call me Jack. (laughs) Gordon's like, look, you got a whole team full of banks. One kid isn't going to make a difference. And Riley's like, even with Banks, what do you think you're going to prove? You and that bunch of losers? I'm like, dude, you were talking about children. Okay, guys, boys, you know what sarcasm is, right? You clearly do. Because Gordon's like, oh, yeah, you're right. They are losers, aren't they? And we hate losers, don't we? It's It's like, yeah, remember the way you treated me like shit when I was 10? When you were my coach? Yeah, we hate losers, as in when I was a loser and I lost a state championship and you never let me forget it. We hate losers, don't we? They don't even deserve to live. Guys, if you would open your damn ears, you'd see that he's being 100% sarcastic right now. He's not saying you don't even deserve to live, as in you guys, District 5 slash Mighty duffs. He's referring to himself, and this is all about... His 10-year-old self playing for the Hawks and everything like that. And just all this compounded misery that he's, guilt he's had since he was 10. This has nothing to do with the Mighty Ducks. It's all about his relationship with this coach. And Gordon's like, look, maybe with Banks it won't make a difference. Who cares? But at least we're going to play by the rules. Like all of a sudden now he's a rule. Rule minder. Do it right, we're gonna do it the honest way. Jig Riley is so damn pent up about this. Why'd you turn against me, Gordon, for six years? I taught you how to skate, I taught you how to score, I taught you how to go for the W. Like, fuck you. It's like he feels that Gordon somehow fucking owes him for these six years that he taught him. So basically, he taught him for six years from age four until age like 10. If we want to get numerically technical. He's like, you could have been one of the greats. And he's like, now look at yourself. You're not even a has-been. You never was. It's like, fuck you. I would have slugged that fucking guy. I mean, Gordon is an adult. He can't hit him. Granted, he'd probably be arrested for assault and battery. But still, this guy needs to be punched in the fucking mouth. And the face. And the eye. Someone needs to bring Jack Riley down a peg. He really needs to be fired from being a peewee hockey coach. I bet, honestly, he turned away from the game later on. through this big loss at the end. And if I were going to, like, you can threaten me all you want, but at the end of the day, you have nothing on me. I'm not that scared little boy that you verbally beat into submission every day fuck do you think you are, Riley? Fonzie? Enough with the popped collar. This ain't the 50s. Gordon is kind of taking, like, dude, don't let his words get to you, man. You are not a 10-year-old boy. He's got nothing on you. First, we go into the locker room. The Ducks, these boys are like, yeah, we're going to the playoffs. Woo! They're excited, of course. They're all getting ready to go. Who's not in uniform? Jesse and Peter, of course. Just riding high on that one win, guys. They're riding high on that one win. I thought it was a tie. Whatever. So he, uh, Gordon walks into the locker room, sees Peter and Jesse are not in uniform. Like, what are you guys doing? We have warm-ups in like half an hour. Weren't you in uniform? So this is where he brings up, look, guys, I got good news. We're getting a new player. Adam Banks, and the room just falls silent. Like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Seriously? They're like, he's a hawk. And apparently, and of course, Gordon's like, yeah, but he's a good player. And they're like, we don't need him. And of course, Gordon's like, well, you know, I'm the coach, and I say, we do need him. So apparently now the team is all like, great, so now you think that we're not good enough. Like, we need this kid from the... He's basically the enemy that you're bringing in here, and we're not good enough as a team to be able to, to play against these other teams that we need to pull in Mr. Hotshot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, where he says, if we make it, if we make it to the playoffs, he could be a big help. And Karp is like, if? All of a sudden, now you don't think we're good enough? And, and Gordon's like, well, no, I don't. And then that's where Peter's like, yeah. He thinks we suck basically. He called us losers. So now we're igniting this little this little uh, this little spark into a flame as it's going around the room of oh yeah yeah we heard him talking to Riley and he called us losers. How get this? We're not even good enough to deserve to live. Can you believe that? And Gordon's like, guys, look, you came in on the end of the conversation. You didn't hear the whole thing. I was being sarcastic. Carp, you know what sarcastic is? And Carp's like, no. It's like, all right, you do. But, unfortunately, now it's almost like the the kids don't trust him now. They went from not trusting him in the beginning, like, who is a stranger? We're not listening to him. You're not our coach, To Okay, now we've become... This new entity where the Ducks, you know, you've given us this this courage and this uh, inspiration to fly together and be united as one. And now all of a sudden it's like you're saying shit to the enemy, saying that we're utter garbage. And we can't, and then you come in and say, we need to have this new player. The, the enemy, of course, is going to come in here and help us get to the playoffs, because unfortunately, even us together aren't good enough to get to the playoffs on our own. Of course, the kid's like, this guy does not think we're good enough, right? Well, then fuck that. I'm out. So it's like, all right, we got a game to win. Whoever's out there, whoever is out there. um, And of course, it's like, yeah, Peter tells him, yeah, he was a hawk. So take your uniform, shove it up your ass, Bombay. I'm out. And, of course, you hear Gordon say, hey, come back here. I'm talking to you, son. Who do you think he's turning into? He's turning into Riley by the... Like, dude, don't talk down to these kids. Don't turn into Riley. Gordon's like, hey, look, guys, we got a game to play. If you're going to be out there, be out there. Just do what you got to do. I don't care at this point. And, of course, the only two that show up are... Charlie and Fulton, the ones that were the first two to decide to be a duck. And because there's only two players, everyone else, like, it fucks off. The uh, Gordon has no choice but to forfeit the game. Like, fuck. So this is a bit of a setback. Now, of course, you thought that whole issue with uh, Banks and... Uh, you know, Riley and the Hawks thing was over. No, of course now it's being taken over by legal matter. Ooh. First, before we get to any of this stuff, uh, we go to Mickey's Diner, which apparently is a place. It looks like a renovated train car, which, I guess, like I said, it's a real place in Minnesota. You can go to it. This is where Charlie's mom works. So... Gordon sits down with Charlie because they have bonded and everything and he's open with them like, hey, look, um, I talked to Jesse and Terry's dad. He's going to take over coaching the team for the rest of the season and, of course, before they uh, get to all of that stuff. We have to talk about Charlie's mom and the way that Charlie is pimping out his mom and how he gives Gordon a little backstory on usually, you know, a lot of the guys my mom dates are assholes, they're jerks, they see me, boom, they're out the door. Yeah. So Gordon sits down next to Charlie and Gordon's like, hey, look, um, have you talked to the guys yet? Have you talked to the team? And Charlie's like, look, I tried. They think I'm a traitor for even showing up. Which, yeah, the team is now divided. And Gordon's like, gee, I guess they really hate me, huh? And Charlie's like, is it true you were really a hawk? Ugh, Charlie, get a fucking haircut! I can't. Ugh, I can't stand this hair. Just it makes him look too feminine. I don't like it. But anyway. <laughs> Uh really lets on that Peter told him that G- uh, Gordon blew a really big game once, which of course was the playoffs. They were win- uh, set to win the, you know, be state champs and all that. And uh, Basically, Gordon says it was the last game in the state finals. We were tied 2-2 to in the end of the third period. I had a penalty shot. He says, he, I go in, I triple deke, I fake the goalie right out of its pads. What the hell does that even mean? That's hockey talk. I don't get it. Fake the goalie right out of its pads. Triple deke. I want to look up some of these damn terms, because this is, wow. When I tried to look up, like, the triple deke thing, I brought up a lot of Mighty Duck stuff, so my guess is this is just a term in the Mighty Ducks. The same thing but I fake the goalie right out of his pads, which... Is a term that I heard already from Gordon's father. So, it could be just made up for the movie. Basically, Gordon gives him a play-by-play of how this penalty shot went down. Like, skating, and then I go to hit it into the net. Boom! Hits the post. And of course, I love this guy that's sitting at the counter just down the way from them. <coughs> It's just turning, he's this older gentleman with a red and black, or, um, yellow and black hat. And he's wearing, like, black, he's, like, a senior citizen, probably goes there for coffee in the morning. Um, uh, but he turns to look. <laughs> like, do him, mind your business, what are you doing? This guy could be a spy for Jack Riley. I doubt it. Apparently, they lost in overtime, of course. And Gordon is just fixated on a quarter of an inch this way and what it went in. A quarter of an inch. And, of course, Charlie's like, yeah, but a quarter of an inch the other way, and what do you would have missed like, completely? And, of course, Gordon's like, wow, you know, I'd never thought of it that way. Well, maybe you should. Charlie's just like, wow, I mean, at least you get to play in a championship game. I mean, that just sounds so cool. I'd love to do that. Of course, Casey comes up, asks Gordon if he wants a cup of, cup of coffee. He's like, oh, yeah, i love one. So while her back is turned, while she's getting, like, the coffee cup and all that stuff, Charlie is pimping out his mom, like, you know, she has many fine qualities that men find attractive. And, of course, Gordon just looks at him, like, yeah, don't think that hasn't crossed my mind. While he's checking out her ass! (laughs) (laughs) So, Gordon asks, like, hey, what kind of guys do your mom usually date? And, of course, Charlie's like, jerks, pretty much. And, of course, he's like, well, I mean, most of them, like, like her, but, uh... (laughs) <laughs> the moment they know that I exist, they are BAM! They are out the door. This damn senior citizen guy keeps looking over at them. So like BAM! As soon as they get a glimpse of me, like BAM! They are gone like the wind. So Gordon's like, hey, don't take it personally, Charlie. And of course Charlie's like, oh, I wouldn't even care. But I mean, it's not really fair to my mom. kind of wonder, like, if Gordon had to deal with that, like if his mom eventually started to date, maybe she waited till he was like in college and out of the house. I don't know. And he's like, "Well, oh, my mom deserves somebody nice." And then he's like, "Hey, do you think you'll come to dinner again?" It's like, and Gordon's like, "You know, I really, I don't think that's a good idea because he he sees what Charlie is latching onto that that father figure." That he sees in Gordon. This of course leads into the conversation. That Gordon doesn't really want to have with Charlie. He has to break it to him. Like I talked to Terry and Jesse's dad. He's going to take over coaching for the rest of the year. And like this doesn't sit well with Charlie at all. It's like of course not. Because it's like. Dude when you came to us we were like Nothing and then you molded us And and, and united us And you gave us a new team name And jerseys and just you brought us Together we weren't the ducks Until you even came along It's like you made us and now You're stuck with us And Charlie is crying He's full on crying Charlie's like you're quitting And of course Gordon's like well no I'm just stepping aside to keep the team together they can't play for someone that they won't trust. And of course, like, Charlie is hanging on with both hands. Like, I-, I trust you. The other guys do too. They just don't know it. It's like he's begging. He's begging at this point to keep him there. But like, you gotta talk to him. And Gordon's like, Look, Charlie, I've done all I can. And Charlie's like, No, you haven't. You gotta talk to him. You. you gotta make them understand. It's so like, you can't walk out on the ducks. We're your team. We weren't even the ducks until you came along. And Gordon's like, you are not not my team. It's like, he's still like, in the back of his mind, in the deep recesses of his mind, he's like, so thinking of this as a community service thing. It's like, you made us and now you're stuck with us. And he just, he leaves. It's like, shoot. All right, of course. Now we get to go to school, and all the kids are all in the same class together. This sixth grade math, geometry, what weird chemistry? I don't know what the hell this is. Add something with atoms. I think it's chemistry. Okay, you cannot say blue balls in a, a, a movie of this accord and not get a fucking laugh from somebody. Hey, he said balls. <laughs> Kids were all like giggling. <laughs> Apparently Tommy gets it right, it's hydrogen, he's like and the teacher's like, and put them together and you have a molecule molecule that makes up ninety six percent of your body And Tommy's like Pizza And <laughs> it's going on two o'clock in the afternoon so his class is almost fucking over with. Of course, the principal comes by to talk to the teacher about who the fuck cares. Uh, while the kids are go, uh, while the teacher's gone, the kids are all gonna be like, "Hey, Charlie, how's it going, Spazway? Are you having fun with the coach and all that stuff?" And they're really razzing his ass. Oh, Carp turns around because Charlie's like in the seat behind him is like, "Hey, how the forfeit go, Spazway?" And Charlie's like, "Look, guys, shut up, alright? I don't even want to talk about the team." Of course, Peter's like, oh, yeah, sure, coach's pet. Peter, Peter, are you just jelly or what? He's like, everyone knows you, like, you best. And, of course, Carp's like, <laughs> yeah, likes his mom, you mean. And, of course, Charles like, shoves his desk back, like, I'm gonna fucking kick your ass, Carp. And Charlie, like, goes right for Carp. It's like, take it back, take it back now. And, of course, uh, Connie gets in there. It's like, hey, leave him alone, of course, Peter's like, hey, don't shove carp. Gee gets in there like, hey, she's a girl and the rest of the kids start to jump in on this thing. I see that because there's kids like that aren't even on the team. Like, the fuck is this? Of course they're gonna start throwing those uh, atoms. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is fucking crazy. Tommy like hides under his desk. <laughs> of course the kids are like scrambling to get to their desk because the principal's like, hey, you sit down! Sit down! <laughs> and of course, all the kids have a seat, but Charlie's like, I don't know where my desk went, so I'm just here. <coughs> the principal's like, I have never in my life. It's like, bitch, you're a principal. Seriously, you stick a bunch of kids in a room, and the pr- the teacher leaves, and they get a bunch of fucking little like Tinker Adam, whatever the fucks. Like, little bob, wooden bobbles and shit. They're not going to throw them at each other? You have not been teaching for, or been a principal for very long. That is exactly what happens when the teacher leaves the room with a bunch of 12-year-olds. If you expect your class to be, like, sitting down still in their seats when you come back, then you are sadly mistaken. She's like, what have you got to say for yourselves, children? And they're all like, quack, 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 quack. Quack! Quack! <laughs> they quack her out of the room. Of course, they all now have detention. Anarchy! They're taking over the school! Ah! Okay, now we're gonna go to Ducksworth's office as he tells Gordon that his community service is over. And Gordon's like, Great! So I get to come back to work now? <laughs> and uh, Ducksworth's like, Well, not exactly. We see that Ducksworth's got his own jersey and like one of those shadow box things. And Gordon's like, yeah, the big things are happening for the Ducks right now. They even make the playoffs. And who do we see here? But, of course, Jack Riley and the fucking um, dude, uh, the Wee hockey representative that are like, <laughs> chuckling, like, yeah, that'll be the fucking day. It's Mr. Be- oh, so it's Coach Riley and Adam's father that are there. Great. So now they uh, sought legal representation. Of course, Gordon's like, sure, they're the bad guys. Oh, Gordon, you know Jack Riley and uh, Mr. Banks? Oh, yeah, the uh, Pee Wee hockey rep is also there with uh, Banks' father. And apparently, uh, Ducksworth and Gordon, whatever the fuck, Banks is his buddy. Great! That's wonderful. I can't believe they're taking this going the legal route with this shit. Like, it's a fucking peewee hockey game, people! I mean, get- Yeah, you know, maybe Adam will become a, uh, fucking NHL player down the road. I don't know. And apparently, Adam's father's all like, well, he- My son wants to be a hawk. He likes playing on the team. His older brother was a hawk. His friends are hawks. He doesn't want to be a duck. This is bullshit. See, this is the problem. You get people that got so much fucking money that they'll just go to any length to fix things the legal way. They got so much money they don't give a shit. Like, oh, my kid doesn't want to be on this other team that he's supposed to be on because of the uh, district lines? Okay, I'll just go get a lawyer and have them straighten that out. biggest eye roll ever apparently Riley's all like it's tradition Gordon remember now you played like and of course Gordon's like well the league already ruled against you and apparently Adam's dad and Riley and them went behind his back to the league and worked something out like Adam's gonna finish up the year with the Hawks and then next year they'll like redraft the lines or some shit and you can have them if you want them Oh, apparently, oh, they said next year they'll redraft the lines correctly. So that way he will stay where he wants to be. League apparently made one rule that uh, Gordon Reed withdraws his protest like how gordon is just like oh, okay and of course ducksworth like oh well great gordon for being a team player on this whole matter and gordon's like and no, then no 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 i'm not withdrawing my protest and gordon stands his ground on the point of where he could lose his job as a lawyer i'd like fuck that dude i can get a job anywhere i don't need your ass I like how Gordon is throwing Ducksworth's words back in his face. Like, you wanted me to be a team player, to be part of a team, and working together. And that's what I'm trying to show these kids. I'm not one to cheat. And he brings up his dead father and some wise words that he told him about uh, winning. uh, Being on a team isn't just about winning. It's about being together and working together. Something you feel like a family. I can't believe, Ducksworth, you are a piece of shit and I hope you fall down and have a fucking heart attack. You piece of shit. Because he threatens Gordon like, are you prepared to lose your job over a team? Over some game? Over some kids? And Gordon stands his guard It's like, well, let me ask you sir, are you prepared to fire me over some kids? Really? he lets him go like you fucking bastard and I love how on the way out Gordon's like hey he points at that jersey like sir you may have paid for that jersey but you sure as fuck didn't earn it and you was, do not deserve to wear it I would be ripping that from the wall like bye I would have rubbed their f- that were fucking name through the mud like I would have oh man well, Gordon starts quacking at him, which is funny because that's exactly what the kids did to the principal. So it's like, fuck authority. I love how he points at Riley's like, I will see you at the playoffs. The rest of y'all can go fuck yourselves. Bye. Bike drop. Oh, Gordon comes into the school. He's got a lit, you know, the roster. Like, I got to see some kids. The principal comes up, like, here's. Who list the kids. Can you tell me what rooms they're in? And apparently she's like, well, they're all in detention. And Gordon's like, all of the kids are in detention? And she's like, all of them. The kids are all writing on the board, you know, on the blackboard back in the day with the chalk. Now it's all white boards and uh, dry erase markers. <laughs> they're I will not quack at the principal. I will not, you know, like a hundred thousand times. So Gordon comes in, like, hey, sit down, everybody. And everyone just stands there. He's like, all right, uh, don't sit down. I want to be your coach again. And Abraman's like, yeah, you want to coach a bunch of losers? And Gordon's like, no, I want to coach the Ducks. Carp, give it the fuck up. He's like, what about those things you said? How we didn't deserve to live? And Gordon's like, Carp, do you not understand sarcasm? And Carbs like no, like fine, you do. I'm gonna fucking backhand you, boy. And if he were Riley, he probably fucking would. And Gordon's like, look, guys, I don't, me- I didn't mean the things I said. The way it, I, you basically took them all out of context, the the words I said. And it's like you understand what it means to be misunderstood. And of course, Peter's like, yeah, I mean, we're kids. Gordon is just like. Standing in front of these kids just like, do you forgive me? Can I be your coach again? It's like, come on, guys. Just forgive him. Guy, of course, is asking about Banks. And Gordon says, that's just up to Banks. You know, if he wants to be on the team, he can be on the team. He should have technically been with us the whole season. He tells him, it's you guys that were cheated. And Gordon's, like, putting this whole thing to bed. Like, hey, let's forget all that crap. We're a team. Am I right? I love how he's using Charlie's words, like, I made you guys, and I'm sticking with you. So, Gordon kind of's like, all right, let me see, what's it gonna be? Are we gonna play tomorrow night and hopefully have a chance at the playoffs? Or, you know, we can just sit this out, forfeit the rest of the season, and go on with their lives. It's up to you guys. Of course, he does leave it up to Peter, like, all right, Peter, what do you say? That kick out a little sheriff's little badge on his jean jacket? course Peter's like well it would help if we practice first and it's kind of funny because the reason he leaves it up to Peter if Peter and Jesse had kept their fucking mouth shut none of this would have transpired the kids would have played that game they would have won but it's because of him and him just ugh he's basically hey let me see if I can get you guys all out of detention and they're like yes And he's like, he just looked at him like, you guys really quacked at your principal? And they're all kind of embarrassed. Like, yeah, we did. (laughs) And Gordon's just like, are we ducks or what? (laughs) I love this. I love this. I love this. All right. Now we're in the locker room. Kids are getting in their uniforms. And of course, here comes Banks. I love how he still got that Hawks duffel bag with the number nine, his uh, jersey, Hawks jersey number nine on there. And immediately it's like all the chatter that was going on as he entered the room, it's like you could literally hear a pin drop. Gordon comes in, kinda, you know, pats him on the back, like, hey, didn't think you'd show up. And of course, Adam's like, I just wanna play hockey. <laughs> I don't care more since I really don't have a choice in the matter. Of course, Gordon officially introduces Adam Banks, like, oh, you know, all know Adam Banks. Of course, Charlie On behalf of the Ducks, I'd like to introduce myself. I'm Charlie. And, of course, before he can do that, Jesse jumps in and just, like, puts a hand to Charlie's chest like, I got this. He goes, Charlie goes to shake Adam's hand. On behalf of the Ducks, I'd like to say welcome. And that's where Jesse jumps in is like, no, 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 no. It's not going to be that easy. And this is where we get the first line of cake eater first insult which it seems like jesse really is the only one that will dole this out to banks shut your fucking face aberman it's like oh the just man this is the new guys like shut your fucking face of course jesse's just sneering at banks like hey putting on a duck's jersey doesn't mean you're a real duck we earn these jerseys of course the kids kind of follow the same line of Je- as Jesse. They don't even bother to leave and shake his hand, look at him, or anything. And Charlie just kind of stands there and watches everyone file out. And you feel maybe a tinge of sympathy, not a whole lot for Banks, because he was kind of a prick with the other Hawks. Um... And Gordon's like, hey, look, they are a really great group of, group of kids when you get to know them. And, of course, Banks is like, yeah, I bet. To surprise surprised some of those kids don't just lean in as they're walking like, hate you, hate you, hate you. <laughs> you suck, you suck, you suck. I'm like, Okay, first of all, Adam, uh, this Hawks bag that you got... We gotta get you some duck scare because that shit is not allowed. That love shit is not allowed in this locker room. Alright, thank you. Oh, well, of course, now we have issues. Uh, Adam's first time on the ice as a duck it does not go so hot because none of the kids are passing the puck to Banks. Like, he's like, come on, pass it. Pass me the puck. It's like, dude, I'm open. I'm open. I can score right here. Just send me the damn puck. And, of course, they won't. It's like, dude, stop playing selfish. I get you don't want him on your team. Tough fucking shit because he's on it now. Just pass him the damn puck so you can fucking win the game so you move on in the playoffs. Thank you. Even Gordon at one point is like, pass the Banks. Thank you. He passes. Gets it in the gold. Thank you. Of course, they're all celebrating except for Jesse who's standing off looking butthurt, like, apparently they're going to pull the goalie, which doesn't make sense to the team. Like, dude, we're tied. Why are you pulling the goalie? And of course, Gordon's like, guys, I get it. We're tied. That's the thing. That's great. But we don't need a tie. We need to win. Basically, the goal now is get the puck to Fulton. Of course, Fulton's nervous. It's like Coach, like one out of one. Seriously, as far as trying to get the puck in the net, and I love Gee's. Um, I love his uh, advice he gives for Fulton. It's like soft hands, Fulton. Concentration, not strength. All right, Col- Fulton is up. He's we got a full clear picture of this puck going right down the middle as uh, these opposing team is like jumping out of the way and. Is this the one where it goes, like, right through the net? Holy shit, it goes right through the net. All right, they made the playoffs. woo They made the playoffs. Yeah, they made the playoffs. Woo! Bucks make the playoffs. Of course, we got to celebrate. You know, the team's got to celebrate. Gordon's like, you guys, what you did was awesome. Now it's time to party down. Oh, I love how the sponsors for this, uh, they took him to a North Stars game. Budweiser and Winston. So you got your beer, you got your cigarette advertisers. These kids, have they never seen a professional hockey team play before? Because they are just enamored and just in awe at, like, professional hockey players on the ice. Like, they can't even believe it. Oh, uh, one of the prof- uh, North Stars remembers Bombay from the hockey days. And this guy, I don't know who he is, is like, oh... I don't know you. I heard you were a farmer. Duh. Oh the guy's like, hey, yeah, this guy used to rule the pee-wee's. I heard you were a farmer. And <laughs> then Gordon's like, the fuck? Far I'm a farmer? <laughs> That's right up there with being a doctor. <laughs> did he just did did Gordon just vanish off the face of the earth for the last twenty fucking years and no one knew what he was doing? It's like, oh, I actually became a lawyer, and now I'm a hockey coach. I just lost my job as a lawyer, so I'm a full-time hockey coach now. (laughs) It's like, this is my team, the Ducks. Ducks, this is so-and-so-and-so-and-so. And the kids are all like, duh, we know who they are. We've seen them on TV. Basil McRae and Mike McDonald or something? Supposed to have the subtitles on, but the subtitles aren't coming on. And I just realized like, there's 30 minutes left in this movie and the whole damn time, I never had the subtitles. Wait a minute, I swear I thought I had the subtitles on. Whatever. Apparently they get, uh, free rink time. And, oh, we get to see, uh, Gee and Connie hitting it off. They're holding each other's hands. He's got these giant hockey gloves on. I love how Lewis, the driver, is still part of this whole thing, too, as he's sitting in a chair and the kids are all, like, pushing him on the ice. Gordon is, (laughs) Lewis, uh, Gordon's driver, is, like, trying to get off the ice or something, and I don't know what, we don't, it's a montage with music, and Gordon's, like, shouting something, we can't tell, but, like, Charlie's some way to go or whatever, and, of course, he doesn't see Lewis behind him, and he, like, fucking trips and goes down, but he's laughing, Swear it almost seems like he, like, Emilio, like, broke character for a minute and just was, <laughs> but the kids are all having a great fun time. Of course, I love how they got on the jumbo screen. It says, welcome Gordon Bombay and the Ducks. And it's really cool. Of course, the kids are hanging out watching the, egg. oh, Budweiser, King of Beers, and Winston, of course, the cigarettes. Like, oh my goodness, yes. The Ducks, they see that and they're like, yeah, we're on the jumbo screen. Oh, uh, I like this moment between Guy and Connie, how he takes her hand in his. Adorable. Of course, we got uh, Averman, Goldberg, and Peter hanging out together. Oh my god, this is funny. I don't know what the heck. What did... Peter's, like, pointing it uh, off screen, and Goldberg's, like, turned to look, and then Averman takes, like, what is that, like, a soft pretzel or something? And, of course, Peter's like, I don't know what happened. Of course, a fucking two assholes from the Hawks team that were, like, the Hawks trio, which is now a duo, are all seen Banks sitting with the docks and are all, like, doing the finger guns, like, like, we're gonna blow you away in the playoffs. All right, looks like Gordon decided to come back over to Charlie's for dinner. Ew! he's Charlie's, like, pulling something out of the oven and says, you know, I heard that the North Stars, like, Wore the same underwear throughout uh, all through the playoffs last year for luck, so I'm thinking of doing the same thing. And Gordon's just looking at him like, ugh, maybe I should have made dinner. It's one thing for uh, if that's even uh, maybe a rumor of the uh, North Stars and their superstitions or something, but just the idea of a rank ass teenage boy not changing his underwear while they're in the playoffs is just nasty okay seriously bombay what's with that disgusting cosby sweater ew so gordon's like hey you know i'm thinking why don't we go down to that winter festival tonight and charlie's like well i got a shit ton of homework but my mom's free if you want to take her oh uh casey just got home from work she doesn't even know that fucking gordon's there it's like oh hi we have company okay Kind of like Charlie's hair here as it looks like it's kind of like been pushed a little behind the ears so it's not like covering his ears so it is a little bit better. So Gordon and Casey head out to look at the lights and the ice sculptures and everything, and... Oh, he's giving her a kiss on the cheek! She's like, oh, you think I'm weird, right? And he's like, oh, no, I think you're great, and he kisses her on the cheek, aww. Well, apparently Casey's lived in this town her whole life, because she's like, when I was a little girl, I used to pretend that that was an ice castle. She's pointing out where she thought her room would be if she lived there. She says, and last winter I gave Charlie that one. Of course, it's a cute moment, but of course Gordon kind of ruins it. Like, oh, where's my window? I want to live there too. And it's like, ooh, buddy, too soon. Because Casey does kind of get the implication of what, you know, he's implying with that. I like you, I like Charlie, I think we could make a go, you know, and this and that. And it's like, hmm she's like look it's not that easy and he's like what's that that easy I was just joking I was just playing around and she's like look I don't know how you feel about me I don't even know how I feel about you it's like this was just supposed to be a nice little outing for the two of us just to hang out you know and you know she can be an adult for a while you know she's not being a a coffee diner worker she's not being Charlie's mom she can just be Casey She's like, but I do know there's a little kid back home who's absolutely falling in love with his coach. She's like, if you can't deal with that, if you're just playing around, then you better let me know. Because she, of course, is thinking not just for herself, but she's thinking for her son. It's like, right now you're his coach, but one day eventually, you know, Charlie's going to still be there when I get home. The day after that and the day after that, it's like, whenever I'm with somebody... Charlie gets attached and then things end and then it just ends badly and it's like this is different because Gordon's Charlie's coach and everything so they already have a bonded relationship so I can see where she's coming from it's like if you're just playing around or if you're not serious about this and things end badly between us how's that gonna look for him if you still gotta be his coach. She's like, you better let me know what this thing is here. And he's like, what are we talking? Are we talking till death do its part? It's like, no, we're not. She's not talking about marriage. It's like, I have to decide on the first date? Like, Charlie's going to be there when we get back. And tomorrow, and 10 years from now, well, I mean, 10 years from now, he's 12. He'll probably be getting out of college. But anyway, and she's like, I can take it if things don't work out. But what I worry about is Charlie. He says, every time this happens where someone comes into the picture and, and he gets attached, then it gets a little rougher each time. And, of course, Gordon's like, just on him. It just gets rough on him. And, of course, they kiss. And he's like, I'm glad to be here with you. And she's like, me too. It's like, yes, just enjoy being together. You don't gotta call it a date. Call it a hangout. But why are you putting so much pressure on, on this? There shouldn't be any pressure. All right, so they beat the Hornets, and now they got to face the Cardinals. So we always, whenever they beat a team, we always get like a little newspaper heading that says "Quack Attack takes sting out of Hornets, five to three victory catapults surprising Ducks to semifinal game against Cardinals." And this article was by Lyle Mayer, whoever. Of course, it looks like they're just about there. They beat the Cardinals four to two. And it looks like they're going to be having to play the Hawks for the big time. It says Ducks battle Hawks in championship. Bombay versus Riley in Cinderella Wee matchup by John F. Link. You can see it on here it says Riley's Hawks carried the best record of any team in the Division Two State Tourney. Interesting. The picture they have here is like half of Gordon's face and then the other half is in shadow and then we have half in shadow of Riley's face. This makes me think of the cover, the movie cover for Face Off with John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. For heaven's sake, now we gotta go back. Of course, Gordon's working through his demons and his issues with Riley while he's skating at night and we get another flashback. First the mantra, it's not worth playing as Gordon Finn, and 10-year-old Gordon finishes if you can't win big. And he's like, that's right. Okay, let's go, son. We get the flashback. I swear we've seen this, where he ends up, uh, 10-year-old Gordon misses the shot. It hits the pole. And he just, poor boy, he just sinks to his knees. There's a spotlight right on him. Of course, Riley is like, Ugh! See the goalie with the um, uh, bandage-looking face, even though it's a hockey mask for 1973. <laughs> just like, yeah, we won. You won by technicality. The damn puck hit the pole. You just see Gordon just sadly look up, and his eyes meet that of Riley, and just he sees the disappointment in Riley's face. And, Riley just is, like, head bowed, shaking his head, like, fuck. And even poor Gordon is just head bent, like, he's not even moved from the ice. And there's a spotlight shining down on this, this kid, like, oh, look at this kid. He cost this team everything. It's cold on that ice, because, uh, Gordon, 10-year-old Gordon, like, expelled some, like, and you just see the, the breath, like, leave its body. I love how now we have the hawks and the ducks all lined up. And they're all kind of sneering and jeering at each other. And it's like the it's arena is just kind of shrouded in darkness with a little bit of light. And just the, the music, the score that comes in. Like, how serious and how important this is. I love how Terry is, like, looking at him like, you got a problem? At least with Tammy, they got a couple girls on the team, so at least Connie doesn't feel like the only girl. Of course, Banks is there in the Ducks lineup, and he's like, this has got to be, like, uh, facing his... uh Which once was his teammates are now the opposing team, the enemy. And of course you see the kids that Fulton like threw into those garbage bags. Kind of looking at Fulton like, ugh. Fulton's got like some like football like black like line marking underneath his eyes. He's the only one of them that does. You hear them singing the national anthem. Alright, it's game time! So we got the, uh... We got Riley ch- chanting, Win! 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 We got Gordon chanting, Ducks! Quack! 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 Like, alright guys, let's do this! Oh, uh, <laughs> it's so cool how they got, like... Is it, like, jerseys and, like, sweatshirts with, like, the ducks that, like... They got actual merch out there for the... The ducks crowd to uh, to where to support the team. That's awesome. Of course, Jesse wants to remind Banks as they go out there, like, "Hey, don't forget whose side you're on." Of course, Gordon's like, "Hey, Jesse, he's a duck. Let him play like a duck." All right. So we got Banks facing up, facing off against his former teammates, and you got the Hawks player like sneering, and you got um. Banks has got his game face on, his like, eyebrows are like, narrowed, and he's like, I'm gonna fucking take you down. Apparently, neither of them go for the puck, and instead the Hawks player just pushes at him down. It's like, dude, don't let him do that shit to you. We got Larson and McGill, those are the two that were with Banks originally when he was on the Hawks. It's like, they both, like, come at him from either side. It's like, shoot, I thought we were playing hockey, what the fuck? First, we got to see Riley with a fucking popped collar again. Like, dude, and chomping on that gum. Like, dude, I'm gonna fucking bash your teeth in. But even though the Ducks have beat all these other teams and everything, and they've really have climbed their way to the top here, the Hawks, at the end of the day, are still the Hawks. They still fucking fight dirty. They still will knock you into the boards and all that shit. And they are really giving Banks a run for his money. They are really... Because Banks pretty much, other than Fulton, you know, being able to hit it, like, hard, you know, the puck into the net and everything. That's basically their secret weapon. Banks is the best they got. But you know that Riley's going to say, I want Banks out. He's going to give that order to those two kids, is the who used to be Banks' friends. It's like, I want him out. Take him out. So he's basically putting a hit on Banks. And, of course, the first point was awarded to the Hawks. Like, the Ducks might be good. As I said, they climbed their way to the top to make it in the playoffs and, you know, reach this point. But at the end of the day, the Hawks are still the fucking Hawks, and they're still the top team in the Pee Wee League. Looks like the Hawks have won another goal. Again, another goal, and that's three to zip. Hawks lead. And Gordon's doing his best, you know, don't be scared of them, Ducks. That's That's what they want. Keep your heads up and play proud. Alright, let's fly. Alright, here we go. So Riley's gonna get uh Larson and McGill to take out Banks. Like he's a hitman and he's calling out for a hit. Like get him out of there. I just wanna eliminate any chance of the ducks scoring at all. The only way we can do that is if we take Banks out. He says, I want you to drop Banks like a bad habit. I want him out of the game. Finish him off. The fuck? He's like basically saying, go in there and fucking knock his head off his shoulders. Oh god, that kid's gonna be a real, uh, the one that he's talking to. Like, huh, yeah, I'm gonna do that. Kid's gonna be a serial killer one day. Because you see, the other kid is kind of like... Whoa. <laughs> this just got real. I mean I'm okay with like showing him around, but actually like injure him to the point of yeah. Alright, so it looks like Banks could he's on his way to score a goal. Of course McGill is coming right from behind. Oh he does Banks does shoot and score, but unfortunately he goes right into the side of that pole. Like <laughs> They're celebrating, but uh, <laughs> they then realize Banks is not getting up. Like what? And, and even the kids are like Adam, Adam, get up. What's wrong? Riley is more concerned with the fact that uh, the Ducks just scored on them. Is everyone celebrating? They don't know that anything is really wrong just yet. Larson's like Adam, Adam, are you okay? And then he turns to to Lars uh, to McGill. And he's like, what'd you do? And of course the kid's like, my job. It's like, you fucking piece of crap. You're not a fucking gangster. This isn't a, you're not part of the mob. And frickin' Riley's not the godfather. At least they get the paramedics in because, you know, Banks is injured. Heaven forbid they didn't get the paramedics in when, uh, Carp got his, uh, Head back, helmet bashed him with a puck and he has a fucking concussion, yet he's still able to play this whole time. Finally, his dad's like, Oh my god, Banks's dad is just like, My boy, Orton goes out there too. Is like, Holy shit, don't think that anybody, any kid has been hurt to the length of you had to bring the paramedics in there because it's that bad. Apparently, he gets uh, McGill gets two minutes for cross checking, of course. Because the penalty box is right next to where the Hawks is. And you see Riley kind of like, good job. As they're now strapping Banks to a stretcher to get him out into an ambulance. So at least Banks has regained consciousness as he turns to Jesse and asks, did it go in? Because he didn't see it go in. He just like, it went in and he's, Poof. And Jesse's like, yeah, man. And Je- uh, Banks is like, Jesse, do me a favor, okay? Kick some hawk butt. And of course, you got the paramedic kind of shining a light into Banks' eyes just to check his pupil sizes and make sure uh, he doesn't have a concussion or any retinal damage of any kind. So it kind of seems like this exchange has kind of helped Jesse come over to the side of, Okay, Banks, you're okay, cake eater. He's like, all right, but you're still a cake eater. (laughs) At the end of the day, you're still a cake eater. (laughs) Of course, it's like... His dad's like, he'll be alright though, right? And the paramedics, well, we do have to take x-rays. Oh, I love how his dad's like, hell of a job, son. (laughs) Oh, you know Gordon's gonna go over to Riley. Like, I am gonna, if these kids weren't here and this were a back alley, you would not be walking out of it. Riley, I swear. Of course, Riley's telling the team, hey, they score against us, they're gonna pay the price. And that's when Gordon goes up to him. And of course, Riley's like, you got something to say to me, Bombay? Don't worry now, we're gonna get that one back. Like, you got something to say to me, Bombay? And Gordon's just like, to think. I wasted all those years worrying about what you thought. Like, you're going down, Riley. Like, YES! HE IS! Now the ducks are out for blood. It's like, you hurt one of our own, you're gonna pay in blood. Hawks. The kids want blood. They are out for blood. They want payback. It's like, you hurt one of our own, we are gonna take you fucking down. And of course, Gordon gets that. The kids are angry, they're pissed, they want to pay back the Hawks. And it's like, okay, I get you pissed, but let's not do it that way. Okay, we're going to do this instead. Yeah, Fulton's all like, let me go after him, coach. Let me get him. And of course, Gordon's like, no, we're better than that. Like, let's not stoop to their level. Otherwise, we're just as bad as they are. he's like, hey, look, it's time to play smart hockey, duck hockey. It's like, we got the power play. We're going to hit him where it hurts the most, which is up there as he points at the scoreboard. Of course, he puts in Fulton, and the other kid's like, yeah, but they're going to be rushing him. So Gordon's like, that's right. So that's why we're going to have Jesse make sure to give Fulton plenty of time to set up that shot. I love it. All right, let's go. He's like, wait, wait, wait. Let's have fun out there, right? Right! <laughs> yeah. Alright, instead of a shot, Fulton's ready. He pulls the stick back and he launches that puck right into the net, right into the player. Bam! He scores! Alright, now they're just one away instead of two away. Alright. I just realized that the subtitles are on. <laughs> oh, shit. He's like, more fun, more fun. We're having fun, right? What the fuck? What is- (laughs) Riley like, of all the sloppy ass, he's like, Ladies, they don't need our help out there. Basically, I want that Fulton Reed covered. He better not make another shot. Got it, I'm telling you. You blow this game and nobody makes the team next year. Apparently it must have been true to his word, because he just vanishes into obscurity. I don't know, maybe in the sequel we'll find out what happened to Riley. The Hawks scored again and they are back up to a... they're basically two goals ahead. Like, oh so Oh, Gordon's giving a, a pep talk like, Hey guys, look, we gotta stay fired up and we gotta stay focused, alright? Like this lot it's alright, it's okay. Let's not worry about that. It's not over till it's over. Interesting! Alright, he's gonna use Tammy and Tommy and we all know that uh, Tammy's got some figure skating skills, so let's see what she can do. Oh, so I'm guessing she's like distracting the boys by turning around in circles? She's like right by the net and Tommy like sails the puck to Tammy who just boop right in there. Alright, good, they're only one down, alright. Fuck! Some damn hawks player just fucking pushed her! Like you dick! I'd be taking the back of that fucking hockey stick and shoving it right up that kid's at rectum. Actually I just like hit him in the junk with it, but still. You fuck, she's a girl! <laughs> alright, Fulton, get your ass in there! Do some damage granted then he's going to be put in the penalty box like fuck we don't need that right now oh so he takes mcgill grabs him and then pops him right in there throws him over the boards into the bench and now he wants to pick a fight with the entire hawks team which is basically what the commentator is saying like come on i'll take every fucking one of your asses i took three of you out of time once you fucking kidding me? He's out of here, like, completely? Yeah, that kid just put that other boy in a coma practically, and he got two fucking minutes. Bullshit. I get it. Of course, when that happened, they are in the middle of a play, and Fulton just went and grabbed the kid and, like, tossed him into the bench. Fuck you. Of course, Gordon's like, he barely touched him. Damn it! Right, I think this is going to be the first of the Flying V, which we haven't seen just yet, I don't think. Basically, the Flying V consists of one, two, three, four, five players, and they're all kind of passing the puck back and forth to each other, which is pretty cool. So you got one up front, and you got two on one side, two on the other. Right, Jesse scores! Woo! I got the whole crowd freaking chatting, quack, quack, quack! Right, with the score tied, 4-4, four to four, the next goal will decide the championship. Of course, Charlie looks like he could have scored. Unfortunately, the Hawks did one of those, what was it, high-sticking or whatever the fuck it was. Tripped him, and Gordon's like, where's the call? Because this could have been a game-winning shot because they were tied. Now, of course, it's going to be a penalty shot, so it's pretty similar just to how it was with Gordon. He had to do a penalty shot. Now, of course, I got to pick somebody for the penalty shot. Like, who's it going to be out of your players? Of course, uh, the ref says, anybody on the ice can take it. doesn't matter who. And Gordon at first leaves it all up to, like, the kids. Like, all right, who do you think should do it? And, of course, they're kind of like, yeah, Gee should do it. Of course, Gordon suggests Charlie. And apparently, like, well, all he can do is fan. You just saw what he, well, he was tripped. But I kind of wonder if he hadn't have been tripped, would he have done it? Would he have scored? Because I don't know if he's scored yet for the team. Seems like a lot of it's been like uh, Jesse doing a lot of it. Or Fulton. Or when Banks was scoring. But now Fulton and Banks are out, so... So, of course, Gordon's like, hey, let's let him finish what he started. You know, and of course, Charlie's like, look, coach, we have a chance to win. And Gordon's like, damn straight we do. He's like, hey, have you been practicing your triple that triple deke I talked about? Like, all right, well, then you're all set. That's all you need to do. And it's like, you may make it. You may not. But that doesn't matter, Charlie. What matters is that we're here. I mean, who thought that we'd even make it to the playoffs and be in this championship game? But we are. I love this. He's like, look around, Charlie. Who ever thought we'd make it this far? And I love how Charlie just does kind of do a little quick little look around, like yeah, it's just no way, uh, you know, six months ago would they have thought like we would have even come this far? It's like one, two, three, triple D. Take your best shot. I love how he's not pressuring Charlie. It's like you may win, you may, you know, you might make it, you might not. But it's like it's not like he's saying if you do this, if you lose, you'll let me and your whole team down. It's. It's not about, he's not putting pressure on him. It's like, try it. If it works out, great. If not, then, I mean, the fact that we even got here is just good enough. And of course, I love these parting words from Gordon. As he says, I believe in you, Charlie, win or lose. That is a good coach right there. Charlie's like, thanks, coach. And Gordon's like, go get him. All the team is now supportive of Charlie. All right, Charlie, go get him. Let's go, let's go. All right, we got Hans and we got... Casey, we got Jesse and Terry's dad, I'm not sure what his name is, but everyone's like standing, like they're ready, like, okay, this is it, (laughs) if you hadn't seen this movie before, you would be getting goosebumps, because it's like, this is it, this is the big one, this is the big one, (laughs) I'm excited, I've seen this movie so much, I'm so excited, I'm so ready, (laughs) Love how the rest of the ducks are all charting, they're they're chanting, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie! Of course, the ref's got to tell the Hawks goalie not to leave the crease before he touches the puck. How many times he circles the puck before he actually puts the stick to the puck? But maybe that's his own ritual. I love how this is done in in slow-mo. And at first you just hear the underlying score here. You don't really hear, like, the stick, like... Hitting the puck at all. Until, like, he gets pretty close from the net, you start to hear him, like, hit it back and forth. He got it! He got it in! Ah, hey! Got it in! He scored! Yes! Oh, this would have been the first, I think, that I would have heard the Queen song, We Are the Champion. This song makes me always think of this movie. Always, always, always. And of course, the Hawks kids are like, ah, oh, fuck. And, of course, Riley's been humiliated, but he can go fuck himself. I don't care. The Ducks have won the championship! they won! Champions! We are the champions! No time for losers, because we are the champions of the world! Yes! <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I love this. As the the team just comes out on the ice and they're all hugging and everything. You see Gordon kiss Casey and just Geese kissing Connie. And Hans comes out and he shakes Gordon's hand. And Gordon's like, thank you, Hans. I love how Hans says, I'm proud of you, Gordon. Like, Oh, my heart. So they're getting the giant trophy! Yeah! <laughs> yeah! uh, tournament, uh a tournament official giving this giant big trophy. The ducks are chanting, Ducks, 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 Ducks! Alright, now, of course, we are outside of the Greyhound bus depot terminal. And Gordon, of course, is going to go and get on a bus. He's going to be try out in the for the minor leagues. I love how the kids are all giving him tips like, hey, don't take any bad dives, okay? Jesse is all like, hey, just remember, keep your head up, man. And I love the little fist bump bump thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Seriously, thanks for the cake eater to Gordon. That's hilarious. Ah, yes. Fault him with the remember strength, not concentration. Averyman with the, and for God's sakes, soft hands. And, of course, Gordon's like, right, anything else? And, of course, Charlie's advice. Yeah, have fun out there, coach. Aw, and Charlie hugs him. Oh, Gordon's like, gosh, I must be crazy <laughs> to try out for the minors. I mean, I'm going to go be going up ki- against kids half my age. What are they, 15? Because you're only, like, 30. <laughs> These kids might be in, like, their early, what, 20s maybe? So they're not half your age, but... Oh, she's like, just have a good tryout, Gordon. One step at a time, huh? And he kisses her! I mean, I'm sure Charlie's seen... But it's, like, probably the first time, like, he's done that in with his mom like in front of like his teammates like whoa so Gordon gets on the bus and of course he's got the parting words for the team here like hey ducks no matter what happens we'll see you next season as in we'll see you in the sequel two years later <laughs> we got a title to defend hell yeah we do the kids are all cheering and we get the other queen song we will rock you so, Greyhound Boss takes off, and the kids are all cheering in the background. Over here, the we will, we will rock <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna stop now. <laughs> but, guys, that's a movie basically. Oh my gosh, it was so fun to relive this. I can't wait to do the sequel next month. <laughs> and go for Team USA. We get a bunch of new players. We're going to lose Neil and Tammy. Tommy are out. Peter's out. Carp's out. Is there anyone else I'm missing? Because I know we get Louise from Florida. We get Julie the Cat Gaffney as a goalie. We get... Um, we get Ken Wu, who's kind of like an Olympic figure skater. I swear we get one. Portman, we get Portman, who is like where the Bash Brother thing is going to be formed in D2. Um. So, yeah. Like I said, guys, I hope you enjoyed this review. I had so much fun doing this. It's so funny because Jeremy noticed my voice was starting to go a little hoarse. You probably can hear that, too, in my voice. I've been doing this for over three hours (laughs) or more. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I just, I love this. I love reliving this. I I love, I can't wait to watch the other two. And I hope you guys just have a fun time watching this. So, all right. Have a great weekend, everybody. And let's look forward to February and what that holds in store for us. Bye-bye.